Hello and welcome to another Hit the Books review. On this episode, we review the end-all, be-all finale of the Infinity Saga. Avengers Endgame. Stay tuned! Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit the Books Podcast. On this episode, we're reviewing Avengers Endgame. Ooh, it's finally here, folks. So we're getting this review out a little bit late because uh, I had to get my girlfriend caught up and it was the last chance I had. So, Oh, yeah. We got her caught up. We went to see it. A few weeks later, kind of had the full impression impression, uh, scope of everything. Didn't have to worry about spoilers anymore because... uh, the fucking Russos said that, hey, spoiler season is open on Monday. And I was like, well, fuck. We still got three movies to get her caught up on. But we made it. Just barely, but we made it. Just barely stuck the landing. Uh, so, yeah. Let's get on into it. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar with our reviews, uh, we always do a spoiler-free uh, opener where we talk about our impressions of the movie. Um, as vaguely as possible for your benefit, and then we give it kind of our rating, uh, and then we give you an explicit spoiler warning, and then we jump right in to talk about every little spoiler detail that you could uh, foresee in this movie. Of Uh, which there are many. This is a movie that has a lot of things to spoil, so if you've avoided spoilers up to this point, great job. Go see the movie now. Please. You should see it. Because there are some significant spoilers, and if you have somehow managed to avoid them, which I did not, uh, Oof. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 worth going to before you find out what they are. So, go ahead and go see the movie. If you have seen the movie, feel free to stick around. Um, I think uh, kind of impressions of this movie are kind of split between two groups and the kind of uh, fandom. There's the groups that are a little down on it. I think you and I kind of fall into that category a little bit. I think we do. And then there's the groups that say, fuck it, they gave me all of these great movies. They gave me this, that, and you know, I had great moments in the movie, and I don't care about the faults of it, so I'm going to push it over here. And those are the people that are you know, very much on top of the world with this movie and are completely happy with it. And it's hard to say if either one's right or wrong. <laughs> uh, I personally feel like it's somewhere in the middle. But uh, yeah, it's it's a weird feeling after after you see this movie, uh, being invested as a comic book fan and as a Marvel movie universe fan. I'm just very conflicted. And I I can I think I can sympathize with that. Uh, this is for all intents and purposes. The movie that we've all been waiting for, or so we've been continually led to believe over the last couple of years now. Uh, Uh, A lot of people who started this journey didn't survive to the end, so this has taken quite a while. (laughs) Um, A lot of the characters in this story didn't survive to the end. (laughs) 
also true. <laughs> Very true. Um, yeah, it's... I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of missed opportunities. I feel like there's a lot of squandered opportunities. And I feel like as... There's a lot of open doors as much as with they, this. As much as they give us, I feel like they just did it in a way that it was either too rushed, which is weird saying that about a three-hour movie. Yeah. Or it was just so drowned out by the silliness and the, the winking at the audience and the fans, like very heavy fan service. And just the the constant Disney esque jokes that only land about you know a quarter of the time now, if that. <laughs> and it was just, it was everything I hate about Thor Ragnarok, but in the biggest, most heavily anticipated movie of my lifetime. <laughs> and it's it's weird to feel this way. Uh, it, yeah. Hey, kids, you remember the story of Ragnarok? You know, the one that's supposed to detail the end of Thor and his people? The thing that Marvel, when they got their chance to shoot a movie out of it, turned into a fucking joke from start to finish? Yeah, it became uh, Planet Goldblum. Yeah. And Friends. You remember that movie where... We got to see the bad guy win in the end, where half of all of, not half of all these characters, half of the characters that we've built up to this point, most of which were the ones that we were waiting to make more movies of, just got dusted. Which we kind of announced way too quickly. Yeah. Yeah. You, You remember that and how, like unprecedented that felt and how much it kind of hurt to watch these characters that you'd been kind of growing up with just disappear in a snap. Well, guess what? We're making it all a joke. Yeah, it's all <laughs> funny. Ha <laughs> ha, guys. Ah, it's so funny. Your friends are dead. <laughs> no, no. no. Let, your let, friends are all depressed. I'm going to pull it back a little bit because they do make the attempt to be heartfelt. And that's the problem. They attempt to make poignant, heartfelt scenes, and they fall flat on their face because it's immediately followed up by a bunch of stupid jokes that are inappropriate and out of place and out of touch with the tone of the previous movie, for sure. It, it's kind of schizophrenic. It's very in schizophrenic. It, in its feel. It's like it, it, not schizophrenic. It's bipolar. This movie suffers from bipolar disorder. It's like, oh, all of these things are sad, and I feel like I'm about to have a panic attack, and all these things are going wrong for me, and (laughs) he peed himself. (laughs) What the fuck is this movie? Yeah, I don't know. So, again, without going into spoilers, you know, it's... We're probably not going to be popular for this review. Oh, fuck no. Because, you this, know, this the fanboys con- out there are losing their minds. And if you don't get in line with that mantra, you're immediately just swept to the wind and attacked and whatever. But I. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a controversial hot take. This is not a fanboy thing. I think Shazam is by far the better movie in theaters right now. 
Hellboy is, you know, it's, it's Hellboy's Hellboy, but. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, did you see that one? Not yet, but I've heard a lot of bad things. So <laughs> I've seen it. Uh, that that's a movie. <laughs> oh no, poor David Harbour. Um, he, he's the only good thing in it, as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, it's. I don't like feeling this way. I don't want to feel this way. And I keep trying to redeem the movie in my brain, listening to other people comment about it, like uh, Kevin Smith, you know. But I just, it's not, I just can't get myself there <laughs> as much as I want to. Um, and that's what sucks the most, is that this was the big ending, and I want to love it. And it's not a bad movie. It's just not great. It's for me. It's. And that's what's most disappointing. I think the thing that, at least in my mind, as a self-professed Marvel fanboy, uh, the thing that makes Shazam, in my mind, a better movie than Avengers Endgame is consistency. There was a consistent feel. There was a consistent tone. There was a consistent... There was a consistent moral throughout the story of Shazam. With Avengers Endgame, it's uh, pick whichever one you like, as we're trying to cater to everyone. Yeah. And I, I get what they're trying to do. I appreciate what they're trying to do. And some of it works, and some of it doesn't. But I think it's the way, not necessarily that they shot the movie, but the way that they edited this together yeah, that really just, hampers this whole movie. And a lot of fe scenes feel like they had to be cut, and I'm sure they did. Oh, They yeah. probably had like five hours of footage that they had to figure <laughs> out how to cut down to three. Oh, and I'm sure they had they like were, six. Yeah, and even then they were over three. So yeah, I'm sure that they had a lot of shit that they had to go through, you know, with the Russo brothers, figuring out what to keep, what to get rid of. I mean, they filmed this all back to back with uh, Infinity War. You know, a lot of the scenes <coughs> from both movies were filmed together. Yeah. You know, like the, um, I would imagine that the whole Soul Stone scenes, um, where they're in the Soul Stone, you, you know, little universe thingy, uh, what, whatever the fuck it's called, I don't remember. The Mirror Lake thing from Infinity War. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, uh, that whole. When they visit that thing in both movies, it, it's, it looks pretty clear that they just filmed the same set twice with <laughs> two different people. And. Yeah. You know, there's stuff like that in there that you recognize immediately. Now, I was noticing these things a lot more because I had watched Infinity War literally the, the day of. I watched it that morning. Yeah. A, uh, our apartment area's uh, little theater. Uh, with my girlfriend and my brother Dan, the man Maloney from Hit the Mats podcast. Go ahead and check <laughs> that out if you like wrestling. Um, but I've, having gone straight from that movie into Endgame, it was so clear that there was a tonal issue throughout the entire movie. Just nothing flowed right. Nothing was tonally consistent. Uh, even scenes, scenes within the scenes were not tonally consistent. Um, whereas Infinity War was the exact opposite. There was a clear, coherent tone through the entire movie that benefited the movie and made it far more impactful and far more enjoyable for me. And quite frankly, I kind of want to watch Infinity War again just to wash the taste out of my mouth of Endgame. 
And again, it's not not, this, not to watch all of these heroes die. I sound like I'm beating this movie <laughs> to death. It's not bad. It's it's just a Marvel movie. You know, I would definitely say it's better than Captain Marvel, who is <laughs> kind of the worst part of this movie. Um, again, waste, squandered, wasted opportunities on kind of a bad actress <laughs> and kind of a lame character, which is kind of upsetting. It, yeah, uh, it's like you you know we're gonna be in for a, a thrill ride when we have to take this emotionless block of wood and tell her to control yourself. Uh, Wait, what? She uh, she's not doing anything. She's like she has the same face for like blasting through an entire like fleet of ships as she does for. Telling someone that their technology is cute and, you know, it's like, oh, like, I'll, I'll use some of your... She has the everyday and emotional depth of, like, Spock. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's painful to watch Brie Larson. <laughs> I still don't understand how Captain Marvel made over a billion dollars. And it's not again. I know you I, hate the movie. Yeah, Spoiler I, I, alert I, for our, our review. Oh it, yeah, I, I have conspiracy theories about that. I don't. <laughs> I mean, it was fine. It was a movie, but uh, it was a Marvel movie. But uh, <laughs> just to say, it's not bad, but it's definitely not good. Yeah, it's like it, it was. It was pretty, <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. Jude Law's nice. He's yeah. He's fun to look at. Yeah, yeah. He's. You know. he's it, like <laughs> I, I wish that his name was Marvel, because you know, like at least he had range. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like watching paint dry. That was that was nice. They <sighs> uh, <laughs> also uh, didn't fucking infantilize the character that's supposed to be the progenitor of the entire reason that all of these characters get together in the first place. <sighs> okay, rant over about that. That's another review. Be, be sure to check that out if you like Ooh, on our YouTube channel, on Stitcher, it. on iTunes. Yep, hold me back. Uh, hold me back. On <laughs> Spotify. Like, oh, yeah. Thinking about that movie, even thinking about it makes me mad. But yeah, I feel like we can't really get too much more in depth without being spoilery because, again, there are a lot of spoilers. Yeah, the, the spoiler quick... embargo's lifted. <laughs> but it's still, uh, we got to maintain the status quo of our reviews. Okay. Um, before we get into it, though, I just want to give you some numbers here. So coming straight from IMDb, it's currently sitting at an 8.5 for user reviews. To and the surprise of no one. Sitting much lower critically at a 78, um, which, you know, I'm probably far more in line with the critical reviews. Um, Endgame is a little bit lower on the user reviews and higher on the critical reviews, which, again, I'm probably more in line with. And as far as money made, uh, as of May 6th, we're recording this on May 8th, the movie had grossed two point two billion with a B <laughs> Dolores. <laughs> um yeah, it's made a lot of money. Yep. And it didn't take very long. I think it's been out what, two weeks, three weeks, somewhere around there? Uh somewhere around there, yeah. Definitely not a full month. This uh, is this is the reaction that Marvel has paid for. Yep. Came out the weekend of April twenty eighth, and we are now May sixth. Uh, May eighth. Sorry, sounds about right. So yeah, about two weeks, two and a half weeks. That's yeah, yep. <laughs> it's made a lot of money. 
A lot of money. Yep. Uh, it's it's going to keep printing money. It, it's so far. As it, it probably should. It's outpaced Titanic. Of Like as far as movies of all time. Uh, the next one that people are projecting it to outpace potentially is Avatar. Which is the number one. But um, let's be real. Avatar made as much money as it did because it came out way later than movies like Titanic. So inflation is there. Oh, and yeah. the ticket prices were horrendous because the 3D <laughs> bullshit IMAX technology <laughs> was brand new. And that's the only reason people went to see that movie. Come see that, it in 3D. It'll blow movie, your fucking balls off. That movie is as mediocre as <laughs> it can possibly be. And I was glad when I saw in the news that they delayed the production of those sequels even more because they should stop. <laughs> <laughs> Stop while you're ahead. Just let it be. James Cameron, do something else, please. Oh, you don't want to... love of God. You don't want a sequel to Dances with Wolves? No. And or, it, Dances was, with Wolves was much better. <laughs> this uh, is garbage. Uh, uh, oh, come on. You don't like Fern Gully? I'm blue. <laughs> <laughs> Just stupid. The movies. It's, the movie's just... Ugh, it's so mediocre. It's just, it was pretty. Hasn't aged well, but it was pretty when it came out. Uh, that's the problem with movies with those they don't age well when they're the whole premise is fancy new technology uh yeah doesn't stay new very long yeah the the your average video game looks better than that movie now oh my god it does (laughs) Mm. it's a problem it's a problem so uh yeah movies doing very well now whether we like this movie or not you'll find out soon this movie is collecting on an investment of a decade plus of movies, work, coordination, uh, actors and actresses committing to all of these projects, long-term contracts. Um, there's a big reason why, you know, other than narrative reasons why a lot of characters are no longer <laughs> uh, existing in the uh, current Marvel universe after this movie. And it's not all entirely you know narrative it's uh there's a lot of financial <laughs> burdens that were shed yeah on this movie um uh, and understandably so so you know this this is the culmination of a ton of work by people like the russo brothers like you know whedon and kevin feige and favreau favreau and it, just everybody yeah has put in so much effort and commitment and investment into these projects and they deserve every dollar that they're getting. Uh, They do. I don't think that this is the movie out of the two for the finale that should be earning the bigger bucks, but it is because it is the finale. Yeah. It is the casual layman's everyday finale. Here's the (laughs) official end of this whole decade of investment. Yeah, this is the... Um, the, Like, as far as the Avengers that we started off with, this is their last hurrah. Yep. And, of course, everyone and their mother came out to see the last hurrah of everyone's favorite heroes, you know, twice, maybe three times at this point. Yep. It's um, this is the the kind of cultural phenomenon that has actually gone on to have every other cinematic studio try to come up with their own thing. 
dark universe, cinematic universe, I'm looking at you. Yeah, and not yeah, most of them have not gone well. Uh, <laughs> DC, I'm looking at you. Uh, yeah, uh, the mummy is like the, mummy, the only you know, movie. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Boy, Ooh. they fall short on that one. Yeah, Tom uh, Cruise had two chances to get in on a cinematic universe. Uh, one he passed, and the other he just mm -mm. fell on his face. Yep, fell straight on his face. Yep. Um, so let's go ahead and give this movie a rating again. I don't want to take you know too much away from the movie. The movie gave us conclusions to a lot of things. It wrapped up a decade of investment. Um, it gave us some really great moments, legitimately great moments and enjoyable moments. And I did enjoy my time. This movie didn't feel long. I I I, I felt yeah, like it was that, paced pretty well. Yeah, In fact, I felt it was probably too short for what they were trying to do. Oh, um, yeah. And that's just a casualty of having this many characters and this many narratives and this many threads to wrap up, you know. Um, and like doing this under the promise of this is the last movie. I honestly, yeah, I would have made this two movies. We gotta get it all in now because <laughs> it's we're done. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing left to invest in. You know, it's kind of like the Aquaman movie. Like Aquaman had every single <laughs> Aquaman story ever shoehorned into this one movie. Because I'm pretty sure they were like, well, fuck it. We're not like, going to get this yeah. opportunity again. <laughs> You've just, only got one shot. Let's just do it all, man. <laughs> that's exactly what they did. Um, <laughs> fortunately, to its detriment. Uh, but uh, it made a lot of money, just like this money. Yeah. This movie. Oh. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh. Just like this money. Uh, oh, no. No, I've we're not shills. <laughs> we're not shills, I promise. Um. We would have much better production if we were. So again, I don't want to beat this movie up too much because it did a lot of great things. It, it Honestly, did. the acting was great. I mean, that's what happens when you have so many A-list actors and actresses. Yeah, and I, I don't think anybody had a bad performance except Brie Larson, who was just like <laughs> so boring to watch. <laughs> and I think a lot of even the people that didn't shine as much as they usually do, I think it's because they were trying to keep secrets from them um right there's a few actors that immediately come to mind where it's just like their performances didn't really hit the keys they needed to but i think it's because when they were doing the scene they didn't know what the context was yeah they, the they're... russos literally kept everything secret from just about everybody especially the ones that are notoriously irresponsible like uh tom holland <laughs> yeah except for robert downey jr robert yeah. downey jr gets to read that script from beginning to end because he's responsible. <laughs> and so his performance reflects that. Um, and also, he was, he's the cornerstone. He, he gets yeah, special privileges. That also helps. <laughs> um, but, you know, in the end, I didn't, I didn't love this movie. I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. But honestly, I kind of, you know, I might watch it one more time to see if I still feel the same. But after that, I probably won't ever watch it again. I would watch Infinity War multiple times right now oh yeah because it has emotional depth that's consistent that i can actually dive into and enjoy it has you know highs and lows it has you know appropriate you know moments for each of the characters even though it has probably a, a wider net that it has to cast for its crew um because everybody's alive <laughs> it was consistently it, it still, serious. It still gave every, all the characters some significant screen time yeah. and development time throughout the movie. Whereas I think Endgame 
even though it's longer and has less characters to focus on, does not. Um, at least in my opinion. Um, you know, I want to give it, you know, somewhere around a six or a seven. Who knows? You know, my feelings might evolve on that. I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt because it is the culmination of 10 years of hard work and investment and success and consistency. So I'm going to give it the seven, you know, but that's a very, you know, for me, it's a very tense seven. Like it's real rocky. And I don't know if on second viewing, if I'll still feel the same. It's a teetering seven for you. I think as far as the concepts on paper for everything they did, it works. Um, but I think they just executed it poorly. And, um, you know, there's probably several reasons for that. But in my opinion, it just fell short, even though everything on paper should work. Um, so I give it a seven. I'm actually going to give it a six. We've had 10 years to develop this entire universe. And in those 10 years, it seems as though there's been one growing consistent tone throughout these movies. And that is, we're going to try to make jokes at every possible opportunity. And that, I think no matter how they cut this movie, the the fact that they kept all of those jokes in shows me what it is that they wanted from this movie, which was to, I don't know, make me think that I need to lighten up when it's like I, I like I, I wanted resolution. I, like I, I don't need the annihilation of half of the life throughout the universe to be made light of. Yeah. Half the universe died, and the most you're going to give me is... Don't spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. (laughs) The most you're going to give me are just a few scenes of people just, like, dealing with it. (laughs) I'm giving it a six because pacing-wise and tone-wise... This movie didn't know what it wanted me to feel. And honestly, I don't think that the movie itself knows what it wanted to feel at the time. Yeah. And I think the movie suffers for it. It's true. Yeah, I would agree with that. And quite honestly, I'm almost directly in line with you on the six. It's just I I want to give it the benefit of the doubt because I've only seen it once and only immediately after in, or Infinity War. So right. I feel like maybe my perspective is a little skewed. And again, I did have a few spoilers completely just ruin a handful of moments. Well, I don't know if it ruined the moments, but I definitely didn't feel anything. Right. And that could have been because it was spoiled or it could have been because, you know, the the scenes were just lacking that emotional depth that it needed. Right. Um, Because of all the joking and all the kind of pacing issues uh, with clearly cut scenes and stuff like that. So, and obviously actors that didn't know what the hell they were supposed (laughs) to be acting around. Um, So, yeah, there's a... There was a lot of that, and it was an issue. Um, I'm changing my score. It's a six. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually lowering my score. I, I enjoyed the experience. I'm giving it. All right. I'm going to edit this in after we give our original scores. After discussing it in depth, I'm giving it a six. 
I'm giving it a five. Yep, we both lowered it. Because <laughs> the more we talk about it, the more we expose to each other. Oh, yeah. Um, this yeah, is like even more, like the more I think about it, the less it makes sense. Yeah, it's a problem. So yeah, let's get into spoilers. Again, explicit spoiler warning from Memory and I. Do not listen past this point. If you have not seen the movie, you're going to spoil it for yourself. Don't do it. I, it happened to me. I wasn't even trying. But it happened. All right, let's get into it. Spoilers! We gave you the warning. Um, so, the two big death scenes in the movie. Um, the two big ones. Black Widow uh, sacrificing herself uh, in place of Hawkeye. That got spoiled for me in two ways. Oh! The, the first way it got spoiled was on a uh, internet thread about the Blue Jackets versus the Boston Bruins. Oh! Somebody put it in the comments on a hockey, on a <laughs> hockey forum. Oh no! Just to piss people off. What and an asshole! I happened to catch it, and they literally said, "Not not only that Black Widow dies, but." Black Widow specifically sacrifices herself to the Soul Stone so they can get the Soul Stone. So that entire part of the plot was spoiled for me, which already kind of told me what was going to happen in the overarching story. Right. So that kind of sucked. Now, I was hoping that the guy was bullshitting and that I'd watch the movie and be like, oh, that that wasn't what happened. Thank God. It didn't get spoiled for me. But it totally happened yep. exactly the way yep. they said it did. Lo and behold, yeah, that is actually uh, a thing so that happened So thank you, assholes movie. on the internet. And this was way before the Russos gave their uh, spoiler, you know, clearance. Oh yeah. Um, and then the other one, Tony Stark dying. This one was not explicitly told to me, but it, now it's something we kind of all assumed was going to happen, you know. But that being said, there was still the doubt in my mind, and I would have probably enjoyed the scene a little bit more. If I hadn't had that spoiled, but of course it was spoiled for me. And yeah. of course, memes are not helpful. There's always fucking memes out there that you just see uh, just a, huh. just daily internet browsing on Google. Google's the worst. Google <laughs> puts these goddamn articles underneath the search bar. Oh, anytime you look at Google on like an Android phone, or I don't know, maybe it's the same for iPhones, but. If you try to Google something, it will recommend these fucking articles for you. And half of the fucking article titles are spoilers. And it doesn't... You can't put spoilers in the title even though you put spoilers at the beginning of the title. Because I'm going to see the entire thing, the entire title, when I look at the little button thing. And it... Oh. So every, I had to constantly just shut off my phone because every time I'd go to Google something, it would be fucking popping up on the bottom. Endgame spoilers, and then I'd try to avert my eyes and close my eyes and try to swipe it away before it was too late. So unfortunately, I what I should have done is seen the movie immediately and then taken my girlfriend to go later and just said, whatever, I'm going alone. You'll have to deal with it. <laughs> it yeah. Because yeah, like I literally did that to avoid exactly what happened to you. Yeah. And I... <laughs> It sucks. It sucks, dude. People are assholes. Yeah. It really sucks. Yeah. Um, and I. It's fucking terrible. I don't watch Game of Thrones, but uh, the big spoiler for uh, what happened with the ice guy, like, I don't watch the show. I have no context beyond the first season for that show because I stopped watching it after the first season. I'm still trying to get through the books. And literally, 
the day after it happened, literally that Monday morning, I got on my phone, was flipping through Facebook, and there's just memes telling you exactly <laughs> what fucking happened. And I knew exactly what Arya Stark Aww. did and how she did it because of memes. Yeah. The day after. And I'm like, dude, people have to work. They have to, you know, a lot of people use the HBO app to watch it like the next day. And uh, the day uh, after. Yeah. Why are uh, you spoiling it? Literally uh, the night of and the morning of. A, a lot of people have responsibilities. A lot of people have day jobs. People are assholes. Where they, you know, go to sleep at a reasonable hour. Yeah. So get up and work and earn money and, you know, contribute to society. And uh, what do you guys do? Oh, let's make a meme. Yeah. <laughs> it also doesn't help that Marvel is terrible at making trailers without spoiling the entire movie and the entire plot of the movie. Which is uh, why the Spider-Man Far From Home intro to the trailer is fucking hilarious yeah yeah that's a problem <laughs> god damn dude they're so bad with spoilers they're the worst they that's the one thing dc does consistently way better than them is trailers i don't know why marvel sucks at trailers but they suck at trailers right they're awful at trailers uh, but and they tell us way too much they announce all the movies way too early they announce the titles of all the movies way too early they explain the plots of the entire movie way too early just they, they shoot themselves in the foot all the time. They don't care because they're still printing money at will, but, you know, it's a problem. They need to figure out their marketing a little better. Uh, don't worry. DC, who still has that trailer magic, has finally figured out what a good movie is. Oh, have they? Uh, yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, it, it came out earlier didn't this year. enough money, so I'm kind of worried that they're going to be like, well, fuck, this didn't make a billion dollars like we wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the Coke. <laughs> you know oh. what we need more of? Jared Leto. Uh, <laughs> so about Aquaman. Birds of Prey? Do, no do no Batwoman? Do, no Batgirl? No, no nothing? That sounds good, right? D yeah. D yeah. Led by Harley Quinn. <sighs> Wait, I thought the script called it... It wasn't Birds of Prey. It was just the emancipation of Harley Quinn. No, Birds of Prey! it's <laughs> uh, a problem it's, a problem. It, it's definitely uh, a problem but uh, uh yeah so full context you know i had major moments in the movie spoiled for me um other moments i didn't have spoiled for me but i pretty much figured out what they were going to do uh i think we talked about this several years ago on the podcast where we we're making our predictions for uh, Endgame and uh, Infinity War. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I called out the Ant-Man plot of bullshit quantum realm shenanigans. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I predicted that yeah, right the, off the bat. Like, <laughs> I think the minute that we realized in the trailer that Ant-Man is the one who like not only survives the snap, yeah. but uh, Captain America immediately makes a big deal out of yeah. quantum realm. Yeah, quantum realm immediately. I, I figured it out right after they had the quantum realm in, <laughs> in the first Ant-Man movie. So I was like, well, fuck, that's how they're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then it was just confirmed when uh, in Infinity War, Doctor Strange dies. And I was like, well, you had two routes. You had magic <laughs> with the time stone and some other bullshit. And you had quantum realm. And now we only got one option. Clearly, it's going to happen. And it did. Um but yeah, the movie opens uh, with kind of the fallout of what happens after Infinity War. Oh, um, that cold open, though. Yeah. That cold open... It didn't I, last long enough. 
I'm I'm gonna tell you right now, uh, in the first viewing, uh, I, I just said like, oh, oh no, yeah, it was like it didn't do anything it, for me. It didn't last long enough. That's it, the problem. It, it wasn't long enough for you to like be able to stew in that, but yeah. for me, is like it, it was for me personally. It was exactly long enough for me to feel the terror of watching someone who has no idea what's happening in this world and just watching it happen to them is like, oh my God, he doesn't know. Yeah. He doesn't know. (laughs) Yeah, I just... (laughs) There's two things there. Like, A, I don't think that, um, you know, Hawkeye sold it very well. (laughs) Uh, I don't know why. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, Jeremy Uh, Renner. Jeremy Renner, thank you. I, I don't think he's very good at selling sadness he's good at selling anger and uh stoicness he's not so good at selling sadness sadness i just probably not they i don't think they've forced him to do sadness enough see that's the job of the director the director is supposed to like if you have to weep like a bitch the director's job is to make that actor weep like a bitch and no one does and no that's, one that's the big problem no, with this movie. everyone's just kind Everybody of sullen should be weeping like a bitch and really the only one that sells it is scarlett johansson and uh that she doesn't even do it when it's happening she does it way after the fact when she's crying over hawkeye being a douche <laughs> oh <laughs> and oh, murdering people oh it, that's what well, makes her cry not not which that is all of her friends are gone <laughs> wait you mean to tell me that the the trained assassin the one who had been killing before Hawkeye had saved her. Yeah. The the one the who, one who had been bred from uh, childhood to just be a cold, heartless murderer. Uh, the the person who was taken in by another cold, heartless murderer. Yeah. Is weeping because they've gone back to killing. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so um. Yeah, it's a problem. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, you know, the again, this movie does everything it should do. It just doesn't do it effectively. Um, and the beginning of the movie for me, they just don't dwell on these things long enough, and none of the actors are really selling it very well. Um, so for me, the emotional impact was lost. The emotional impact was a hundred percent there in Infinity War. And oh even, yeah. I've watched it multiple times, including right before the movie, and fuck it still makes me cry like it still gets me right there um <laughs> especially peter parker he's the worst oh my Spider-Man god is so watching spider-man mm-hmm. whine and cry no one tony stark that he doesn't want to die that's L- literally oh no god. one in the marvel universe sells fear like tom holland dude he's so good he's so fucking good <laughs> we don't deserve him <laughs> we we don't deserve him and it, it sucks that he spoils everything it, in his interviews which is why he's not allowed to act anymore <laughs> <laughs> but uh god he's he's when he does act he's well, fucking amazing yeah when he does act both thank you and also how dare you Make me feel like I'm Aunt May whenever I'm watching a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. So, I, you know, by itself, would it probably have had some impact? Sure. But standing next to Infinity War, it had no impact for me. Just nothing. I felt nothing. And it sucked. Because I wanted to feel something, and I just didn't. Um, 
But uh, the Avengers, in their anger, they get together. They go figure out where Thanos is, thanks to uh, the MacGuffin of <laughs> Captain Marvel. <laughs> and they go, they go to his hippie commune, uh, where uh, the the bully from uh, Anger Management went to. Uh, they go they give him a wedgie or two and then uh, Thor chops off his head in anger Uh, Thanos has destroyed the soul stones now that his job has been done and decided to become a hermit the infinity infinity stones were destroyed by using the infinity stones to destroy the infinity stones wait (laughs) okay fuck it whatever that's fine (laughs) I don't don't have too many problems with the actual plot and I have problems with the 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 portrayal of the plot Uh, that's again that's why I kind of give it the benefit of the doubt and push it to a 7 I have Um, some problems with the plot (laughs) I mean there's some holes (laughs) especially towards the end there oh oh oh, there's a gaping hole there there is like there's some holes (laughs) there's a gaping wide open hole and you're literally coordinating something this big i get it you know you're not gonna get it all right but it's there's yeah there's some holes Um, mm, including in vision's head who was never mentioned in this entire movie Ooh. Yeah, you remember that guy that uh, Scarlet Witch is in love with and uh, you know, we make such a big deal about him being a living, breathing organism who is thinking and has a soul and all this stuff. Yeah, no one gives a shit about Vision anymore. Tony didn't try to save him. There's <laughs> there's just nothing. That thread was fucking washed away. Uh, uh, he, yeah. So, fuck yeah. Vision. That guy didn't matter, and neither did Age of Ultron. <laughs> Poor Paul Bedney. Yep. He had one of the most impactful scenes yep. in the previous movie, which yep. is it critically <laughs> better. But in this movie, we don't even hear his name. Nope. We don't even hear his name once. Nope. <laughs> we just completely forget he existed. Not even when... He's not even on the wall. I'm pretty sure the little shrine. Uh, I bet you. I'd bet you money that he's nowhere on there. <laughs> Do robot people not count? Is that what this is? Uh, clearly not. Roboists. Yep. It's Andrew, Andrew Yang's fault. We're all scared of the robots. Yep. Yep. I'm well, for Andrew Yang. Um. <laughs> 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 But um, yeah, there's just there's some things that are just left untouched and unsaid and just unresolved, unresolved completely, and just emotional things that should be emotional but just don't have any kind of levity or you know kind of gravitas to them, and it kind of sucks. Yeah. And this intro for me is a perfect example where they're close, they're trying to get there, but they're just not giving it enough time to breathe and enough room to breathe. Before they're doing all the stupid stuff and introducing the MacGuffin of Captain Marvel, and just... yeah, that that I think is the the strange paradox of this movie is that while this movie is three fucking hours, about as much time as Zack Snyder needs to make a coherent plot. <laughs> coherent. That's funny. That's funny. That's not the word I'd use. <laughs> I was being generous. Wow, very. <laughs> um, this is a rare case of a movie that had and earned 
all of the time in the world, and yep. strangely, only, and I can't believe I'm saying this, it only gave us three hours to resolve this. I, it, it, this should have been, this should have been two movies. I, this should have been two three-hour movies. Honest, I, I honestly, I, I think the, the main plot of the movie should have just been Ant-Man 3. It should have just been an Ant-Man movie featuring the Avengers. Oh my God, that would have been amazing. The, all the time traveling things and all the comedy of doing all of this stuff. That should have been an Ant-Man movie. It actually would have given... some of the Avengers. It could have actually given and Wasp and... Uh, tonally, it yeah. would have made a lot more sense. Wasp could have been something of a leader. Th- this would have been... I just, yeah, I yeah, just feel th- like th- th- that would have fixed a lot of these problems. It's, yeah, it, there's a lot of missed opportunities here. Yeah. They, they tried to make this one big old slam jam. Thank you, ma'am. It was like all of your favorite character fest. Uh, like, they're all going to show up. Yeah. It's like Civil War. Civil War was a Captain America movie. It was not an Avengers movie, and it had a different tone than the normal Avengers movies, and it, it I think it worked. Yeah. A lot of other characters show up, yeah, but it is a Captain America movie at heart. That's, yeah, that's the focus. You know, obviously Iron Man is a big focus of that movie as well, but not really until the end. It's more more about Captain America resisting this trend and then having to defend his buddy, the Winter Soldier, and all this stuff. Yeah, you know? right. Um, I think like... I think that's what they should have done with this movie. I think I think the whole first half, you know, first three quarters of the movie should have been an Ant Man movie. And then the end game portion of it should have been the big satisfying conclusion. You know, we got Ant Man and the Wasp in between. Honestly, I think they should have done Ant Man and the Wasp, you know, before <laughs> <laughs> because there's no reason for that movie to be after other than the the secret ending. Yeah. They should have made Ant Man two and then done Infinity War and then done Endgame. That's what yeah, I think th- they should have done. Yeah, th- this should have been Well like w- that Ant Man three in between. Yeah. yeah th- Infinity War and in our idea here, Ant-Man 3 and then Avengers Endgame, this should have been like the... So Infinity War, amazing movie. Uh, what we're proposing here would have been basically like Back to the Future Part 2 and Back to the Future Part 3. Yeah, something along those lines. Although Back to the Future Part 3 is awful. <laughs> so. uh, okay, better <laughs> we, we would have done a better job there's like a lot of what did make it into endgame i would have put all of that and then have them meet up with like oh this thing that happened in ant-man 3 is like now we're coming over to here in yeah. quantum realm and this is how this one character fixes all of your bullshit yeah again you know there's nothing we can do about it you know it's what's right. done is done you know hindsight's twenty twenty, but I think that would have probably been a much better approach to it. Right. Um, that I think that would have given more time to uh, each of those actors' scenes where we could have actually felt. We could have a we softer introduction feel. of the more comical, nonsensical things like the Buddy Hulk thing, you know, and the Fat uh, Thor. Uh, you, know, like, you mean fucking Mister Fix It and uh, Volstag the uh, second? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we could have a soft introduction for those things in the story of an Ant Man three context where it is supposed to be, you know, humorous and funny and comical, and Oop. then get into Avengers three, or I'm sorry, uh, this kind of Infinity War three, 
um, part <laughs> section. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Um, and then you get serious again, and you kind of go back to kind of the mood that was centered in Infinity War and kind of complete the story in that one. And that, that way you have more time for everybody to actually show what they can do. You have more time to present. You don't have to worry about cutting it down to a three-hour movie when it sh- probably should be an eight-hour movie or something. You know? Yeah. Um, again, I'm just you know, being silly about it, but I think it would have benefited a lot by splitting it up a little bit and then maybe taking some of the expectation out of the room by making it an Ant-Man movie for the middle one. Right. Um, that's because, the movie that we needed in between. Yeah, because at its core, it's yeah. an Ant-Man movie. Right. And, and, and you know, Avengers Endgame, it's an Ant-Man movie. That's, that's yeah, kind of the core of the movie. Let's, <laughs> let's just completely take out Captain Marvel while we're if, at it. If, it yes. <laughs> Captain Marvel, the movie, and Captain Marvel, the character, do not need to exist in this saga at all for any of this stuff to happen she contributes literally nothing she is nothing but a MacGuffin to make uh tony stark come back to earth really easily if uh, anything... which you didn't have to do because the ship fucking worked on the planet <laughs> why couldn't you stay on the planet and then fix the ship on the planet with all the fucking space shit that's surrounding you on the planet oh, right why are we taking the ship that doesn't fly out into outer space so we can float to our deaths you literally had everything you needed to repair your Iron Man suit and the ship on the planet that uh, you were just on. Yeah, um, about that. Uh, so, have we just completely overlooked the whole an object in motion stays in motion in the vacuum of space? Yeah, for for a movie that relies a lot on science for its plot, it, it doesn't know a lot about science. It really fucking doesn't. Like, uh... <laughs> It's like Aquaman before the Sahara was a desert. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a, why people are stupid now. Yeah, yeah. Our movies are getting dumber. They're getting a lot dumber. <laughs> like if you don't know what you're talking about, maybe don't use science yeah. <laughs> as an explanation. Yeah, maybe don't do that. Yeah, don't. <laughs> it's uh, if anything, uh, not only should have should they have fixed all of their shit on Titan, where all of the technology was available. It, it like it might have been like derelict because everyone was dead, but it like it was there. The the parts were there. Hey, most of the Infinity Stone uh, radiation is gamma ray, so you know Hulk can survive it. Can because he? Science. Can he? <laughs> we didn't need Are that you... explanation. That was just wasted time. It, it, yeah, it, <laughs> it was stupid. It, the Infinity it, Stones don't need a scientific explanation for how they release radiation. It's like if they're they're magical bullshit stones, right? Just let them be magical bullshit stones. It's like they mostly give off gamma weight. Don't try to ground this as in any kind of reality. God damn it, Thetans. Yeah, what's it? Scientology or. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call the force? Meta metachlorians? Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. I was hoping people forgot that word. That's what saying that the fucking infinity stones run off of gamma, gamma radiation. radiation. God. That's, that's what that is the equivalent uh, to. Okay. Just stupid. Uh, it, <laughs> that opens up a huge fucking plot hole. If gamma radiation powers the Hulk, why the fuck... Did he not turn into like full blown Savage Hulk when he had not one, not two, not three or four or five, but all fucking six stones? We do what we want. Get, get, get. <laughs> <laughs> um, so again, uh, 
we get past the part where we've killed Thanos and then it jumps into five years in the future. You kind of see a little bit of the fallout with the normal people. Uh, there is a nice little cameo, and I don't know if you noticed it uh, in the beginning there. They have Thanos' uh, creator in the room as part of the little help group. I, I can't remember his name. It's it's, it's uh, Jim Starlin? Jim, thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, he wasn't the only cameo in that room. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, the guy talking about the, the date that he was going on, that was one of the Russos. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did I did notice that. <laughs> I thought you meant like a comic. Like, oh, uh, yeah, camera. no. But yeah, I did, I did enjoy that. That was pretty funny. <laughs> um, I was, I was kind of... Uh, did the other brother get to do anything? Uh, direct. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, it's like one brother like got Favreau to direct got the to other brother. The movies, uh, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> only one Russo gets a scene. <laughs> it's funny. One Russo does the talking. The other one does directing. Yeah. But uh, so we kind of see the fallout of everything. You know, it's five years later. You know, some people have gotten over it more than others. Other people's haven't there's you know there's you know lost looking for signs everywhere um pretty much all of these places are more or less just empty you know kind of barren now i think this stuff's a little bit exaggerated you know i honestly they're doing it for effect it would make more sense if it was like a month from the date where we're still trying to figure out how to handle everything now that half of our workforce is gone and half of our right yeah five years i'm I'm expecting everyone to be like full-on completely jaded yeah and like come on there's 350 million people in america alone half of that (laughs) you know 175 million people are still there that's still a lot of fucking people. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm pretty sure we're still running okay. You know, yeah, I'm sh- I'm sure there's still sports it, games going on. It's like pe- you know, tickets are probably a little cheaper. <laughs> it's like I, I I give people like the first two years of that to like yeah. grieve and get over. Like I watched my loved ones turn to dust. Yeah. What is it? Year like? five, we're just like, are we at eight billion people on the planet Earth? You know, I'm pretty sure four billion people is a lot of people still, and I'm pretty sure like. We had four billion people on the planet somewhere in like the seventies or something like that. Oh, yeah, because I'm, I'm, we're exponentially increasing. So yeah. we went back like thirty years, forty years worth of human history and population size. Yeah, it's still a lot of fucking people, and we were o- overpopulated in the seventies too. <laughs> so yeah, um, um, yeah. Here's the thing that I who this is the completely jaded part of me uh, coming out here. You know what usually happens when, you know, a population gets low? People start fucking. Yeah. Like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of kids born during that time. I mean, even fucking Pepper Potts got some. <laughs> let's face it, you know, she and wasn't it, getting any yeah, before. Yeah, yep, nope. The, but which, uh, Tony's like, hey, we got five years to be depressed. Let's, uh, let's fuck. <laughs> You're not getting any younger. Let's pop those ovaries. Oh, those parts still work, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, as long as she didn't put any of her goop products in there. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Look, We're talking d- about Pepper Potts. 
not Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> I have trouble separating the two, which is why every time I see her on screen, I cringe. Uh, not, she's a great, she is legitimately a great actress, but I hate her as a person. Yeah, as a person. And it makes, me, it makes it so hard for me to like her on screen. So hard. I try so hard, but I just can't. <laughs> I just can't. Bee stings. I'm, yeah. I just, <laughs> it's a problem. Uh, God, let's shove a golden egg up your vagina. That'll, that'll fix your problems. Fucking stupid. Uh, I hate the world. <laughs> I hate this movie. Maybe we do need a, a snap of the fingers. There's too many dumb people on this planet. Hey, look. I'm probably the, one of them. I'll the, take I'll I'll eat that sacrifice uh, for you. Look, the the Sonic <laughs> 2019 trailer came out, man. Oh, oh I, my god, it's so bad. I I already believe that Thanos was right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I'm kind of into Jim Carrey though, <laughs> like weirdly so. Not so I, I, much that uh, that I, Sonic. I'm glad I, they're redesigning it. I, I mean, this I'm, is. I'm glad they caved. <laughs> this is old school, like '90s Jim Carrey that we got back. I'm I'm all about it. I'm totally about. <laughs> so, I'm all on board, silly Jim Carrey. Oh oh yeah. I have trouble with serious philo- f- philosophy, Jim Carrey. That's that's where I'm like, ooh, it's, you sound a little crazy, brother. Uh, I'm kind of on board with some of what you're saying but some of what you're saying is a little bit too much <laughs> and it's, 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 it's at least you're not selling goop so you know, <laughs> give it a minute you know i can't hate you <laughs> for having uh thoughts and opinions uh and in fact i love you jim carrey but uh do more silly stuff you're more fun that way um but yeah i just I like the threads they were tying. I like that how some characters are just still kind of devastated and in a dark place. Hawkeye is clearly in a dark place, although I think the whole concept of Ronan is kind of silly in this movie. It was again, it was just fan service. It was there to be fan service. Yeah, it was not only was it fan service, it was like from out of nowhere. It was like I was half expecting John Cena to fucking show up. This shit was so out of fucking nowhere. I use a bow my entire life. That's all I ever use, and that's what I'm famous for being good at. So now I'm going to get a sword and start (laughs) murdering people because my family went to dust. Oh, yeah. This is what I get for not being a hero this whole time. I got to make up for lost time by cutting people down wherever I fucking can. What? (laughs) Are you kidding me? That entire Tokyo scene could have been cut out entirely. There you go. You got got 15 minutes that you can add depth to this movie. Uh, Okay. You know what that Tokyo scene should have been? The beginning of Hawkeye's television series. That would be fine. Yeah. That's a good approach. I approve of that idea. Yeah, like that that should have been like the mystery of Hawkeye. Is like what the fuck has he been doing? Who the fuck is this Ronin guy? Why is he cutting bitches left and right? (laughs) By the way, I'm pretty sure we're gonna see what happened in Budapest with uh this the Black Widow movie. Cause they just wouldn't stop talking about it. I'm pretty sure that's going to be the Black Widow movie. <laughs> Just letting you know. <laughs> you heard it here yeah, first. It was like, hey, you know that line that uh, Joss Whedon just kind of threw in there? <laughs> it was like, yeah, you and I remember Budapest very differently. <laughs> yeah, it's, you're we're getting, about, to, we're fucking, about to find out. <laughs> we're about to write a fuck an entire movie around a throwaway Joss Whedon line. Is it wrong that I want them to fuck? 
<laughs> I kind of want them to fuck in that movie. Uh, okay, to be fair, everyone wants them to fuck. <laughs> let's just, like the, just get it over with. It's like the entire time that the two of them share screen time together. He's married. Your uterus doesn't work. His wife disappeared. You're good. It's like you, get there, it out there, of your system. Like, there's literally no consequences except for maybe a little bit of guilt. You know what makes you a little less murderous? Fucking. Getting laid. Yeah. <laughs> Shooting <laughs> your shot. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. Not yeah. cheating. She's dead. You're good. <laughs> Uterus doesn't work. I'm surprised. Do <laughs> I'm actually kind of surprised that we didn't like hear like even like a hint like a little little smidge like a little drop of something like that happening between the two of them well, it's like the entire be time between the two of them completely yeah. platonic See, i think that's bullshit if they didn't destroy her uterus what i think would have been funny is if they had a kid <laughs> during this five years and then his family comes back Oh, and they have to awkwardly explain that he had a kid with Scarlet. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, no, he wouldn't. He would say, "Oh, hey, uh, this is uh, my boy that uh, I had while you were gone. Where is his mother? She's dead." <laughs> <laughs> Something's not added up here. <laughs> like, how old is that child? Five. How old are all of you? What the? F- Honestly, we should, we should just make up funny story ideas for the people during this five years. Because I guarantee you, when all these motherfuckers came back, oh. we're talking four billion people came back just out of instantly. nowhere. That caused a lot of problems, I guarantee you. <laughs> there was probably bridges fucking collapsing. There was probably like fucking people popping up during like awful like sex sessions it's like you know where did like, these people show up yeah they had to show up somewhere <laughs> right this is like uh, okay i get it it was like for the sake what of- if you were like rock climbing when you got snapped and then you come back and you're just like oh f- fuck <laughs> you just fall <laughs> off a mountain to your death i'm pretty sure a lot of people died <laughs> like died died when they came back it wasn't a perfect snap. Did, did Hulk think about where they were going to land? I don't think so. <laughs> he was thinking about Scarlet. Uh, I really tried to bring her I back. Scar- I keep calling Scarlet Johansson by her actual name. <laughs> Black Widow. Uh, like like Not you to said. Not be confused with Scarlet Witch. Like you said, it's hard to separate the actress from the character. And thankfully, I like Scarlet Johansson quite a bit. Except for when she's doing not, Ghost in the Shell. Not Gwyneth Paltrow. Well, that's not her fault. They gave her a lot of money. She's like, ah, you really want me to say no to that? Fine. I'm not doing movies now. I wasn't the one who casted me. They won't give me a Black Widow movie. Although now now you're going to get it. Budapest. I'm telling you. That's what it's going to be. So, yeah, we are finally at the introduction of the movie. <laughs> finally. We got uh, two hours and 45 minutes to go. Yep. Um, so, Mickey Mouse uh, is running around the garage of this little place where the van has been stored from the uh, after scene of Ant-Man 2. Um, and Mickey Mouse hits a button, and uh, Ant-Man is brought out of the quantum realm. I'm and- going to save your universe like I'm going to save the company. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Analogies for reality. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. I, s- I saved your brand. Ha-ha. 
Huh? Symbolism. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Ant-Man comes back. He's been in the quantum realm for five years. Doesn't realize how long it's been because for him it felt like five hours. I think yeah. that's what he said, five yeah. hours. Yeah, for um, him it was five hours. So he goes out uh, of the little depot there and is looking around and seeing all the kind of you know signs and how empty the place feels which again san francisco is fucking packed i I guarantee you there's still just as many homeless people shitting on the road as there were before and there's just as much traffic no no there's half as many thank you very much yeah not for long (laughs) uh place is a fucking homeless magnet um, yeah, it is. God. So Ugh. he goes wandering around trying to figure out what's going on. He asks the kid, you know, what happened? The kid looks at him like, what are you, are you an asshole? What's going on? Yeah. Rides his bike away. I'm surprised the kid didn't tell him to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes to the house where I'm assuming his, well, I guess he looked up her address somehow because he didn't see her on the wall. He was looking for his daughter in the little memorial. Right. And he didn't he, see his, her yeah. name, but he saw his name. Yeah. And he, I guess he figured out her address somehow and went to it. And he sees his daughter, who is five years older, which I thought was an awesome scene. And again, probably should have had more weight to it. But because of the weird context we we're all in, you know, up, up to this point, it's still kind of like, okay, there's still some emotional depth. They haven't been making too many jokes yet. Uh, although the depot thing was a whole big joke, which again, just there's too many. Uh, <laughs> it's too forced. Yeah. When it's like here and there, it works really well and it's really effective. But when it's constant bombardment with stupid jokes that just don't need to be there, that's when it ruins the experience. And that's what Marvel's been kind of bad at as of late. Um, and Disney movies in general, really. Um, but uh I, I thought of all the scenes in the movie, that one had some pretty significant impact to me. I was I kind of wanted to see like the stepdad be the only one that was left, like the wife was gone. Ooh, that's, that's kind of, you know just I I thought. Oh my god! That, I thought personally that would have been great if the stepdad was the one that raised his daughter for the last five years while she thought both her real parents were dead. Yeah. I thought that would have been awesome. Ooh, and my it, God. It, you know, probably would have built a relationship a little bit too, you know, but uh, which is already pretty good according to Ant-Man 2, which is weird how it took a total 180, but, you know. Right. Um, but uh, it was, I thought that had a lot of impact, and it was kind of, like, interesting seeing her grown up, and he realizes you know he missed half her life because he was in jail and now he missed the other half of her life because he was in the quantum realm and had no idea that everybody was fucking dead he keeps and, missing out on his daughter's life and that's it was kind of tragic and i kind of like yeah again this should have been an ant-man movie like if that was given the time to actually kind of flow and breathe a little that would have been probably the heaviest mo- moment in the movie for me like, oh yeah that would have made for an amazing scene in an Ant-Man movie. And you do, it's something but, that doesn't even need to be said. It's just you realize that he lost out on her entire life. He was not yeah, there. This was a perfect example of how to properly show don't tell. Yeah. It was, it was done so well, and I wish, I wish it would have been given more room to breathe. But uh, we move on. Ant-Man kind of gets the idea, hey, you know, Time doesn't work the same down there. Maybe we can figure something out. And so he goes to the, the Avengers headquarters, which we saw in the trailer. Again, stop spoiling everything in the goddamn trailers. Uh. Um, 
goes to the Avengers headquarters, you know, again, this is where, this is where for me, it takes a turn for the worse in terms of tone, because from here on out, it's nothing but comedy and silliness and just every great moment is completely ruined by in unnecessary comedy moments. Yeah. And it doesn't stop. They, it they, just goes they, the they rest laid it of it on movie. real fucking thick. Um, oh. Really, it doesn't stop until like the wrap-up scenes at the very end of the movie. Up to that point, it's all just comedy nonsense. And it just totally just doesn't work with what they should have been trying to do, I would think, uh, post-Infinity War. I will say that there are a couple of things that uh, in the comedy that were amazing. I will say that. We may not agree. We'll see. We we may not agree, but like these are things that work well in in isolation. But when you put it in this movie is yeah. like it it kind of goes against what this movie's doing. If the comedy stuff was happening in Ant-Man 3, I'd be all about it. In Avengers post Infinity War, not so much, you know. Um but again, that's just me. Um, so we get introduced to the new version of Hulk, which is just <laughs> Buddy Ruffalulk. <laughs> I don't know how to call him. I don't know. Uh, this is this is Mister Fixit. This is <sighs> this is neutered Hulk. I'm surprised they didn't make him gray for it, this one because it, that's usually yeah. what they do in the comics with this so version. It's, it's Mark Ruffalo embodied by the hulk they explain that he has shot himself up with a bunch of radiation to kind of fully transform himself permanently but he is still in charge my biggest problem with this is we just left that entire hulk thread from the first movie from infinity war completely alone we did hulk has been established as kind of a separate entity inside of his brain it's like you know it's the jekyll to his hide you know yeah, vice versa, whatever. Like two distinct personalities in one person. Yep, and Hulk is clearly saying, "No, I'm not coming out," because he got his ass handed to him by Thanos and Infinity War again. Because of the weight of that movie and the weight of that character, this movie it it's not there. Like we we immediately just cut off Thanos's balls at the beginning of the movie, so you already don't really think of Thanos as an intimidating force anymore. Right. So at the end of the movie, when they're having their big bad fight, you're like, this seems kind of OP. Like, he was fucking useless a second ago. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, so tonal, again, tonal inconsistencies. And this, as funny as it was at, at the beginning, it just went on way too long. And again, just didn't leave these threads tied up in any way, shape, or form. We just... Hey, I got rid of Hulk, you know, over this five years, and there's no reason that he, you know, we don't get any explanation for why he wasn't coming out during Infinity War when he was about to die. Yeah. So Th this is the thing that kills me about that entire, that entire fucking proceeding with, uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to call him Mr. Fixit because that is who he is <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Um, Mr. Fixit is the kind of character that you don't just explain away why he's like that. Yeah. Th this is definitely uh, something that you should have shown and not just straight up told us in a matter of seconds. Yeah. This, this character, while 
executed on screen amazingly. I was like, <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna say it. They made me believe big ass Mark Ruffalo. Like I believed that he was there. Is like he he looked real. He's like that. He seemed. Yeah. When he but, shined, it, it, he really shined. But again, yeah. it was all a joke. He was one big walking, talking joke, and there was never any. That like, that's the never unfortunate any, thing to this is was, that while there's this, never any intensity to him, there's never any emotional depth. It was just he, all a joke. Even at like, the end where he's he, he hears about Black Widow and he throws the bench, even that is like okay, and then he turns into a comedy figure again. It's like he, there is a scene where he actively makes a joke out of his former intensity. Yeah. Back when they go to New York, I'm assuming that's the scene you're talking about. Yep. And he walks around going, oh, smash. Oh, smash. It's so embarrassing. That sort of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking Mr. Fix-It. This is the big asshole who's embarrassed that he's a big asshole. What the fuck, guys? Yeah, it just it went on too long. And that's how I feel about the Thor thing, where they go to get Thor and tell him about the plan, and he's just this fat, drunken slob, and he's literally dressed like Lebowski. He literally has the sweater and the sweatpants and all that stuff through the entire movie. Um, there is a scene. It's just, I, it oh was a God. funny thing to introduce initially, but it went on way too long. They shouldn't have done it the entire fucking movie. Yeah, this, this <laughs> I like, get it. It's fun and silly and like, enjoyable for when you first see him and he's first coming back. But after that, he clearly has a goal. He clearly has a light at the end of the tunnel. There's no reason for him to not shape up and figure out what the hell he's doing. But he still just acts like an asshole and a slob and just you know, well, ignores not- everything for the entirety of the two hours he's in the movie. It, like He is... <sighs> That that's the thing. The more I think about it, it occurs to me that Tony and Natasha were not the only characters that died. It felt like all of them died. The Hulk isn't the Hulk anymore. Thor no. isn't Thor anymore. No. Uh, can... Hawkeye is retired. <laughs> outside of the show which is probably gonna find silly reasons to bring him back right and it's uh, like hawkeye isn't hawkeye anymore it's back to being family man yeah it's like a murderous family man but a family man yeah it's like uh, all of these all of these characters that they had built up and made like like um like a a historical moment out of yeah. back in like 2012 yeah they're all like they're all they're dead or they're jokes. Yep, it's true, and it kind of sucks. You know, I you know I deaths are part of the equation. I get it. You know, endings are part of the equation. I get it. But the way they did Hulk and Thor, it's just it seems disrespectful. It seems awful. Yeah, they just went full in on the Ragnaroking of Thor. They went. <sighs> Just everything is a forced joke. I, I think it was same this with was, Hulk. I think this was worse than Ragnarok. You know, Hulk. The Hulk's whole character is that he has to fight that dynamic with. You know, am I? You know, am I this human being or am I this monster? Am I somewhere in between? How do I? You know, adjust my life according to this and that. That's what gives him his conflict. And when you take away that conflict, he's suddenly just kind of a silly throwaway character. 
you could put him and the fucking rock guy, you know, from Thor Ragnarok and interchange them and it's the same fucking character, you know, one can do generic science shit, but hey, clearly we don't care about science. <laughs> uh, we just say what we want and do what we want. And Tony Stark did all the heavy lifting for it anyway, so what's the point? Right. Add that to the list of heavy lifting that Tony Stark did throughout this movie. Yep. So uh, we get oh. the team back together. Um, you know, at the beginning when Tony Stark returns, I think, you know, Robert Downey Jr. has the kind of the best of his performances in this movie. Uh, probably any of the Marvel movies where he's just rail thin and he's just stressed out and he's kind of blaming everybody for what happened, especially, you know, uh, Steve Rogers. And he's just, he's not about it. God, it was really weird looking at like skinny Tony, like yeah. try to like talk some shit to Steve Rogers. And it's like, I immediately imagined like, what if Steve went back to like skinny Steve from like the first Avengers? <laughs> like, oh God. Yeah. So Ugh. I thought that was actually well executed. I think it was a little illogical in how they did it. And again, the MacGuffin of fucking Captain Marvel being the one to bring him back. And Captain Marvel standing there again, being fucking just paint <laughs> drying <laughs> on the wall while the scene's going on and just contributing nothing. Absolutely nothing. Not, her movie contributed nothing, and her character in this movie contributed nothing. Captain Marvel was wasted. They should have saved her for after Infinity War because, again, she did nothing. Actually, I'll go as far as to say that. Her presence in the universe pre-Endgame actually ruins this movie for me. Wow. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a lot of logical, like, just, that, that doesn't make sense. So, you're, I think you said it before we even started recording about, you know, you were out in space this entire time and uh, you didn't run into Thanos once. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, um, Ronan, we just let him do what he wanted, even though you're defending all of these thousands of planets. Here is the, the big question. How is it that you managed to be basically former Kree special forces working for someone who works directly under Ronan the Accuser, and somehow, some way, you haven't caught a whiff not even a little scent of that person's connection to Thanos. And not only that, when you finally, you know, basically engage in an open act of war against, like, the entire Kree civilization, yeah. not only have they not somehow found a way to kill you, but <laughs> you still haven't gotten to the bottom of who it is that is giving Ronan his power in the Kree Empire. Yep. It's like, you, how? Now, how? For the introductory <sighs> individual movies, Marvel has, a since you know Iron Man, has had an awesome track record. They have not screwed up a single introductory movie until Captain Marvel. Oh. And <laughs> the problem with these linked universes is when you screw up an introduction... It kind of resonates throughout the entire thing. Yeah. And you can't wash that stink off. Once that stink is there, it's established and it's not going away. It's you kind can screw up the sequels, 
But as long as the foundation for that character is still there, as long as that original foundation is still intact, you can get away with it a little bit. Right. Hence, you know, Thor sequels and Iron Man sequels, you know. Right. Um it, I mean, this is I think like this is uh, one of the Man rare... of Steel fucking up an entire cinematic universe. <laughs> it, it, yeah, you have to have a fucking rock solid introduction. <laughs> Iron Man was a rock solid introduction. You know, oh like, yeah. Technically, Hulk is the introduction, <laughs> but we just pretend that doesn't exist because we switched actors and pretending it doesn't exist, <laughs> even though some of the support characters still exist in this universe. Uh, yeah, speaking the sec- secretary. <laughs> yeah, speaking of memes, one of my favorite Avenged the Fallen posters is a poster of Edward Norton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did see that. It was fucking awesome. Um, but... You know, the other one is Terrence Howard. Captain Marvel sucks. That's that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, I gave the movie a, a meh rating. I think I gave it like a six because it's just it's fine. It's a thing. I'm sticking but by my two. This movie makes me hate her and that movie a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, if this movie didn't exist, that movie would be a six for me. With this movie existing and giving giving me what <laughs> that that movie was supposedly building up to. It's like a four now. <laughs> there was no payoff. The, the, the whole point of that movie was to introduce her for this movie, and she didn't do anything. She didn't need to be in the movie at all. There was no payoff. So what was the fucking point of introducing Brie Larson and Captain Marvel only to not fucking use her for anything good? Uh, you t- I, I I swear to you, we had no you, character moments. You will bring nothing. that score down to a two before the end. Well, I'm a, <laughs> I feel like it's a four now with the full context of the the Marvel universe, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> By itself, I give it a six. With this movie, it's a four. Um, so we go forward. They do a bunch of uh, time jumping shenanigans with the mission to get the Infinity Stones, and of course, they make a bunch of famous movie, you know references talking about time travel and all this and that um when we're not calling thor lebowski we're straight up referencing things like uh all of the time travel movies that have ever been made and again this is another point of the movie that just has really wide you know emotional swings that don't land anywhere they're just really inconsistent they go to a bunch of famous moments in uh, Marvel Cinematic History. You know, they go to the fight in New York yeah. uh, where they're trying to get several stones at once. And then they run into a problem because Hulk kind of ruins their plans. And then Loki <laughs> escapes, which is like, oh, hey, we're setting up for the TV show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that's going to be There's a lot Disney of TV Plus. shows set up in this movie. There's which, a lot of TV shows set up in I this movie. I think is another problem with this movie. Yeah. It, in addition to being way too much fan service and way too much like just unnecessary comedy it's like just (laughs) shamelessly plugging potential tv shows like guys come Um, on so uh they go through all these shenanigans and, and eventually they go to a moment that is less comical and more serious where tony and captain america go to uh the past version of shield uh, to get the tesseract and um, they run into Howard Stark, which is 
for me, a really great moment. I really enjoyed it. I thought there's a little logical stupidity there where he's literally seeing him fumbling with top secret shit. <laughs> and he just doesn't think to question it at all that this weird guy is panicking and fumbling right next to these fucking mega weapons of superhuman death. Okay, first of all, it was the 70s. I'm sure he was blazed out of his fucking mind. I uh, just, I don't know. I thought, it was, <laughs> I thought it was weird. It felt weird. I, I mean, it, it was definitely weird. Like, that wasn't the only weird thing that happened in the 70s in that movie. Yeah. Although... Was that the 70s? Yeah, it, yeah, it was... Betty like, Page it, there? Uh, yeah, that was 19... Betty Page, yeah. sorry. Um, um, what's her name? Peggy Carter. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mixing up my... Uh, <laughs> my uh, yeah. bombshell girls. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, uh, Peggy Carter is definitely a bombshell. Whew. Yeah. And then we get uh, Captain Marvel... Or Captain Marvel. Captain America. God, I got I gotta get Captain Marvel out of my brain. <laughs> it, it hurts so much. Uh Captain America sees his old love fling through the window and it's I don't know how she doesn't notice him because he's fucking right there with his fucking pasty white face through the open blinds. <laughs> it's it, painfully obvious he's there, but uh oh we don't notice him. It occurs to me that she has to age like fine wine because, well, it's 1970 at that point. Yeah, and which is the why last I thought time it was earlier. Yeah, the last know. time that we saw her like in a movie since she had her own show for like a hot minute yeah. was like that took place in the 40s. Yeah. It's like that's a 30 year gap. Yeah, how old was she in the military? <laughs> It's, it's a problem. <laughs> it's a canonical problem for sure. Um, but there are great moments, like emotional moments in that move, that whole scene arc. Again, kind yeah. of ruined by illogical things happening, timeline if issues, uh, unnecessary we, we, comedy with Robert Downey Jr. F- fumbling with the papers and all this stuff, you know. Um, and, I mean, uh, it is cool to see him flustered because it is his dad and, you know, he's in a context that he never probably imagined he would ever be in. He's He never imagined he would see his living father again yeah. and have a chance to actually kind of express his feelings, even though it's kind of passive, you know, right. through the conversation. Um, so that that has some really nice heartwarming moments. But again, it's just totally inconsistent from the overarching scene, you know, with all the yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's like right in the middle of that happening, there's like a goofy moment of, oh, hey, you know how we did that kind of uh, funny thing earlier with Captain America where he kind of acts like a spy a little bit? Yeah, the, uh, the Hail Hydra <laughs> redemption. <laughs> the oh, redemption of the most, you know, fucking the most inflammatory comic ooh. book panel in the past, what, two, three years? <laughs> it's like, ooh. That, <laughs> that was a brilliant move. Like, yeah. That was a moment of comedy where I was like, that dug deep. Oh. And that was fan service, uh, th- there like, was, premium level. There was so many fucking layers to that yeah. one fucking phrase. It was, it was like, so good. Oh, no, yeah. he didn't. And even the scene leading up to it where they're replicating the scene from uh, Winter uh, Soldier. Winter Soldier. Yeah. And they have the el- whole elevator set, set up, it, the tension. It's like, oh, my God, is it going to happen? Beat for beat the same. And then he, says, he leans in and says, Hail Hydra. That's when I'm fucking losing. <laughs> My it's mind. like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Comic fan inception, just <laughs> layer on layer, like, on layer on layer on layer. 
Oh, God. Of, of brilliance. Oh. I don't know who wrote that scene or came up with that idea, but they fucking nailed it. Yeah, they did. They fucking like that, nailed it. That, that, movie, that, that, that scene in that movie was definitely a plus. I mean, remember when Chris Evans was having like a little Twitter storm of his own when that panel happened about how he hated it? And yeah. Like, it, was like, it must have been so satisfying for him yeah. as a fan and as the person that's portrayed this character for a decade yeah, to get to like, do that. It was like, oh this is how you get Captain America to say that shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, time travel, he has to play secretive. There's only one way he's getting out of this yeah. elevator. So that was and that was a moment that, that was like, that, oh, that's that, fucking brilliant. That, that's that was, fucking that was, brilliant. That, like, flashes of genius in this movie. Yeah. They're here and, and that's there. Why, that's why it's disappointing. Right. Because all the potential is there, but it's just <laughs> wasted. Oh. Um, it, but the the the... Howard Stark or Howard Potts and Howard Stark moment yeah. is it's undercut by Captain America kind of doing something funny because oh guess who's also here in this time Hank Pym Ugh. who we de-aged the shit out of hey it worked yeah it's like Michael Douglas has never looked better <laughs> not even when he was that age Nope, sure didn't. <laughs> and uh, I, I got to tell you, um, I was really feeling that uh, Howard to Howard moment. Only thing it was missing for me was Howard the Duck. But uh, you who know. does make a cameo? He does make a cameo at the end of this movie. You, you gotta, you, you, it's you, hard you, to see, but you he's gotta there. look real fucking close. <laughs> but he's canon. He's definitely canon. Uh, uh, that being said, Hulu series incoming. Thanks, Kevin Smith. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, the, I don't know whether to tell him to smoke more or less for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, just don't die in the midst of this production. Yeah, please don't. My God, please don't. No more heart attacks, please. Yes, stay healthy. Uh, but yeah, they undercut the the emotional weight of that scene with. Captain America getting to be funny, yeah. like right after making fun of himself, like yeah. a couple scenes before that. I, I do like how this new form of Captain America is just so jaded now. <laughs> he, just doesn't, he doesn't care about making fun of himself anymore. He doesn't take himself too seriously anymore, and he's actually cursing. <laughs> like throughout the the entire movie, he's cursing. Oh yeah, is a little subtle thing that I think works excellent if you read into it a little bit. Like he's just given up on being the pure one. Not just that. This is a complete. Uh, this is a complete one eighty from Avengers one. From Avengers: Age of Ultron. Also true. Yeah. yeah the, the, Although this, I hate that movie. So yeah, this is like the the language guy. Yeah. <laughs> is like the language guy has turned into like yeah. uh, what's that other branch of the military? The Navy? <laughs> he turned into a sailor mouth? Yeah. Sure, why not? I love how he's exasperated by his own character <laughs> when he's fighting with himself on the bridge. He's like, I could and do this all day. I know, I know. <laughs> so I get it. <laughs> it's so good. That, that was that was a good moment. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. But, he finally it, realizes how exhausting he is for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, it like and mind you that that's why I love Captain America. Captain America he he's not the character that you change. He's the character that you use to change door. everyone around him. <laughs> <laughs> like he's the kind of person that by having him around long enough, he turns Tony into someone who does make the sacrifice play. Yeah. Um 
so again, we go through uh, these scenes again, tonal inconsistencies and problems with the Thor portion, because again, we go to the Thor, the dark world scene and he's, he, his mother catches him. Cause his mother's like, Hey, I'm a fucking witch. You should know I'm going to catch you a dumbass. Uh, <laughs> it's like, of course it. I know I what you're doing your here from like three rooms away. <laughs> you fucking it, piece it, of shit. It, it doesn't take magic to sneak up on a drunk, yeah. <laughs> a drunk who hasn't bathed in a long time. And was actively audibly having a panic attack talking to a raccoon <laughs> in the middle of a hall. Yeah. Guys. So it's just too Guys, come on. It's just too much for because they tried to have a serious moment where he's crying and, t- and having the talk with his mother who's gone and you know, he knows this is probably the last opportunity he'll ever have. Yeah. And it's a gift that he'll he never expected to receive. This is but the- it didn't land. Because there was no emotional substance to the scene because they were making jokes out of everything. This is the problem with Thor now. The reason why why they've gone this route with Thor is because Thor Ragnarok made them a lot of money, which signaled to Marvel that comedy is the route that you go with this character, which is a fucking shame because there's there's nothing wrong with making lighthearted comedy movies you know ant-man is more or less a comedy movie as it should be you know and i i still would have went for hashtag plan thanus (laughs) (laughs) i'm Um, just saying it would have worked (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah (laughs) i it's still funny (laughs) it's still it's a it's a joke from like two months ago and i'm still laughing about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but see, see that's I comedy even that's with comedy thor right ragnarok there. i didn't begrudge them for making a comedy film what i begrudged them for was making an incoherent movie that was not a thor movie and had no reason to be a thor movie and where the comedy was kind of inappropriate to everything that was happening right you know, if you're d- in an emotionally impactful scene like seeing your mother for the first time since you watched her get brutally murdered and that you haven't had the chance to air any of your feelings to her or express how much you cared about her and how much you regret this and th- that that's an emotionally heavy scene that should have gotten an emotionally heavy context but it didn't because it was just one big silly lebowski joke and it didn't work and i was like his uh, mother talking to his dirty like lazy ass son yeah she's talking to santa claus and it's (laughs) it's fucking stupid right and meanwhile the person actually getting work done while they're on asgard in 20 what 13 yeah and we're Uh, literally getting cuts of the raccoon scenes which are 100 percent comedy while they're having this conversation that's supposed to be emotionally heavy right bad editing it's like (laughs) off off screen rocket raccoon is trying to jam something in uh, natalie portman's butt cheek hot (laughs) (laughs) furry play (laughs) i'm just saying if i was a raccoon that sounded like bradley cooper (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah it just didn't have any weight to it and that's again it's it's just like the previous scenes that we we talked about already that you know the the scene with Hulk and the Sorcerer Supreme, it's just 
it didn't work because it was a big joke for half of it, even though there was a lot of intensity in what they were talking about. They're talking about potentially destroying the entire universe and introducing all these dark forces. Uh, yeah. Uh, plot first Doctor Strange 2. Hint, yeah. hint. Hint, hint. Uh, by removing these Infinity Stones and the, the risks involved and, you know, addressing Adam Strange. Uh, is that Adam? You is mean that... Adam Warlock? Uh, no, no. Uh, what's what's Strange's first name? Stephen. Stephen. Thank you. I don't know why I mixed those up, but I did. <laughs> uh, Stephen Strange. You know, she she clearly knows who he is and knows was, what he's going to be, is like, which is I, very cool. But yeah. again, the the gravity of the situation is completely lost because we're having a comedy scene with Hulk getting punched out of, or Mark Ruffalo <laughs> getting punched out of Hulk. And oh, you remember that thing that about... happened in uh, Doctor Strange, kids? The thing where uh, the the ancient one kind of like soul punched uh, Stephen Strange out of his body. What happens when we do that to the Hulk? I I'm not gonna lie. I honestly kind of expected like a Hulk shaped soul just coming straight out. I didn't expect just Mark Ruffalo because <laughs> at this point I thought that we were just we we're just committing to like yeah. he's just that this big science nerd top to bottom. Yeah. It just didn't have the levity it needed. Um, really, the only portion of the the sequence that had any levity is the portion with Hawkeye and Scarlett Johansson on one end, and then uh, Nebula. Nebula. Nebula, whatever. <laughs> My brain's not working tonight. <laughs> the scene with Nebula and um, uh, Gamora, or no, Gamora came later. Uh, who who went with her? Uh oh, War Machine, War Machine Rhodey. Oh yeah, the the other sidekick we like to forget. <laughs> uh, so Rhodey and He's Nebula, the, the only sidekick who survived, who ambushed uh, Star Lord, which again had comedy moments because we watched the whole intro sequence to Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy and then watched him get his face knocked out. And, right, yeah. we we got to see it from the outside perspective of like. What would it look like if you were like actually there watching this guy dance like an idiot? Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, for that context, it works because that's what Guardians of the Galaxy is and should be. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is not a serious group, which is why they don't really work quite as well with more serious themed characters. But uh, uh, it was interesting. Yeah. Um, they get the stone, and then they kind of introduce the plot device that, hey, Nebula's brain is still attached to the network, and so her future brain is still connected to past brain, and so we project what's going on, and then Thanos gets wind of what's happening and decides he's going to act on it. So, plot device, hey. Hey, we can see... Hey, Thanos isn't gone. Time he's, stamps he's, of memories? Here's the reason for our final battle, because <laughs> we had no reason otherwise. <laughs> this movie uh, literally could have ended with without any fighting whatsoever. Right. But uh, no, in order for these characters to remain hashtag relatable, we have to watch them fuck up. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that happens. It's just a cheap plot device. It, it works, I guess, but it's just a, that's just what it is. It's a plot device. Yeah. There, there's uh, like half a second of a moment between uh, War Machine and Nebula with the whole like, she it, instead of Peter Quill getting the stone, she ends up getting it and like sears away anything that was remotely organic on her like metal skeleton hand. Yeah, and they have a, like a little oh yeah we're both kind of broken and Terminator like, hand. have like uh, machine parts and yeah. I yeah. actually 
I think Nebula actually came off pretty cool in this movie. Um, this is the movie where Nebula shines a whole lot more than she ever did. Yeah, which is a good thing. You yeah. know, it's always cool to see lesser characters kind of get their time in the sun a little bit in a good way if they yeah. can portray them properly. Yeah, I, th- I thought yeah. she had probably some of the most depth in the entire movie, and I particularly wish they would have done more with the introduction where she's on the ship with Robert. Oh, Downey yeah. Jr. And that scene, like that entire proceeding needed of, to be longer. They're kind of intimate. Yeah. And it's it it seems almost like there's like a low key kind of romance between the two, even though, you know, it's weird and you don't expect it. But it's it, just it, it's just the nature of being trapped in a situation in a dire situation with another person of, you know, right. if you're straight, the opposite sex. You it, know? Yeah. It's uh, and having that kind of unintentional almost romantic entanglement yeah it's a closeness born out of uh isolation yeah and you see iron man kind of humanize nebula a little bit and you know when they're playing the little football game and then when they're feeding each other and you know you know just interacting like normal people doing these projects together trying to repair the ship together working as a team um even when he's you know tired and he passes out she takes care of him and again in almost like a sentimental kind of loving way yeah that, and that i kind of wish they would have done more with that honestly yeah. that um, that could have been a really impactful scene of basically watching nebula one be humanized by tony but also slowly watch this completely organic being slowly die. slowly die yeah yeah i i thought again they just needed that scene to have more levity to give it more air to breathe and yeah it, it needed they, more time they, honestly they ruined the entire moment when captain marvel arrives add it to the list of moments that she ruins because it's so silly it's it's just nonsensical it's silly you're like seeing how their relationships developing yeah while they're surviving together and it's actually really interesting and really kind of intoxicating i'm like Wow, that's kind of a really subtle, clever way to do this, and yeah. I, I really like how they're handling it. And then bright like, lights, Captain Marvel's here, <laughs> and she's gonna fly you home. Like it's so stupid. It's such a waste. She sucks. <laughs> God damn! I didn't that, hate her before. I that, hate her. That movie. This movie makes me hate her. The, the, Captain Marvel will be a two out of ten before the end. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was a brilliant scene and could have been even better and added so much depth to these two characters and the, their dynamic. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like how Scarlet uh, keeps calling her Scarlet Johansson. <laughs> how Black Widow has kind of the, her low key kind of almost romantic relationships with both Hawkeye and Hulk. You know, the Hulk one was kind of forced in (laughs) in Age of Ultron, but it developed into something that's a little more credible later in time. Yeah. Um, Even though they don't act on it, you don't have to act on it for it to be genuine and feel real. Right. It's just like real life. You know, you develop relationships with people and you don't always act on them in one way or another, but it's there and you you both know it's there and it's, it's a human thing. And that's what I thought was cool that we were humanizing Nebula to that point. Yeah. And I thought it was brilliant and I wish they would have capitalized on that instead of shoving Captain Marvel in there as the MacGuffin. Uh, But of course she fucking ruins everything. (laughs) I I thought it would have been cool if they had figured out a solution together and, together figured out a way to get back to earth you know so, it would have made sense for because that would the, have developed the, the, their the, relationship and their character so much more and it it would have been awesome to see her nebula at tony's funeral just kind of in the background you know kind of mourning in her yeah. own way you know separate from pepper Potts and all the people that were close to him on earth 
that would have been a really cool moment to just have her kind of there and maybe even put in that little seed for maybe she goes to try to find a way to get Tony back, you know? Yeah. And she's not a person that restrains herself very much. So no, not at all. She the- doesn't mind putting the entire universe on the line to do something she wants to do. So I, I think that oh, that could God. have done that could have been brilliant. Yeah, and that was again, a missed opportunity. Again, maybe I'm just giving myself too many expectations and I'm putting <laughs> my own little thing in there that probably doesn't need to be there. But I think it could have been so excellent. And I wouldn't have gotten the idea if they hadn't done that scene. And right. When you see that scene, you're like, oh, that's, that's brilliant. Why didn't they act on it? How, right. How did they not see this dynamic? Because it works so well. <sighs> uh, but yeah, I really I really enjoyed that scene. Uh, going back in time. <laughs> but that <laughs> scene was awesome. And I, yeah. I really wish it would have been capitalized a little, a little bit more. And that thread had been kind of worked on instead of just completely separating them for the rest of the movie and yeah. having her be a comedic end with Rhodey until Rhodey is again irrelevant and then we make her a plot device for Gamora to reunite with Star-Lord and all that stuff. Yeah. So missed opportunities. Yeah. So uh we get through all these scenes um again the Hawkeye Scarlet moment is kind of set on a bad path because they're joking all the way up the mountain. <laughs> uh, why did we get the one with the mountain? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <sighs> and then they meet the, oh, the red-faced dude. Okay, whatever, weird guy. Blah, blah, blah. And they're making their jokes about it. And then they're making jokes about deciding who's going to die. And then <sighs> it's just too much. It took all the emotional impact of that scene out. Now, again, the scene was ruined for me, so I knew who, who was going to die and what was going to happen. But... That being said, it was just... The way that scene played out. You don't joke about killing yourselves for it, each other. Right. It's just... Just like Budapest. <laughs> it's just... Tonally, it's awful. <laughs> it's just a poorly executed scene. I don't know if it was written that way, but if it was, it's it's very disappointing because so much of the writing in this movie is great, but they just execute so poorly. And it bums me out because it's just a waste. We're never going to get this opportunity again. This is it. This, this is it. This is it. This is this was the opportunity to do all of this stuff. And if you don't bring your A game, it's 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 really disappointing because now it's just another throwaway Disney forced comedy movie that yeah. Here Add it was added to the list. And uh, again, the ideas in this movie are brilliant. There's great. So lots of ideas. Great that ideas, just, and they just... Uh, not all of them are executed yeah. well. Yeah. So we push through here. Black Widow sacrifices herself. Hawkeye gets a stone. He wakes up in the little mirror lake. Um, I don't really get how he gets home. Do, do we ever see how he gets out of that world? Uh, I'm assuming since they have the uh, the things on their hands that they just use that those. They just use to... that in the little mirror world? Okay. Yeah. Um, that's my assumption. Again, I'm kind of wondering why we didn't get more elaboration on what this is and how it connects to the previous scene with Thanos and that little world and whatever. Yeah. I know it's a comic thing, but I don't care about Marvel as much as <laughs> some people. <laughs> so I'm not that deep into the Marvel lore. Yeah. Um, yo, I, I know quite a bit, but that's even for me, that's like a lot. <laughs> um, I mean, you're... This whole thing's a ride. It's like this, yeah. this is a. 
this is an excellent adventure and a bogus journey and uh, going to hell and uh, like get coming back from the dead and like all wrapped into like what like thirty minutes to an hour. Yep. And so everybody gets back. You know, they kind of mourn that they lost Natasha. And uh, did they lose anybody else on the way back? Uh, Nebula gets switched out. Yeah, they don't know that Nebula switched out. It's the the new Nebula because uh, yeah. they capture the real Nebula. Um, that's about it. Yeah. So they act on their new possessions. Uh, trying to craft uh, an Iron Man hand for Hulk to wear, and so he can snap the fingers again. They debate about who should wear it because of moral reasons about who you know you might be corrupted, who can actually survive the snap. You know, Thor can obviously survive the snap if he can survive a fucking star <laughs> <laughs> blasting radiation through him. Uh, the, yeah, uh, and floating in space after Thanos blows up your ship. Uh, until the Guardians hit you with their ship and you're still alive. So he uh, he see, could probably survive. <laughs> that, that is what Captain Marvel should have done. <sighs> Captain Marvel should have come back, snapped her fingers twice, just like... <laughs> and then left again. And, <laughs> oh, oh, no, and then died. <laughs> oh, no, wait, I amend that. I'm glad she's still alive. Rogue has to get her powers from somebody. Yeah, then she can die. Yes. <laughs> Or suck all of that life force out. Yeah, uh, let, put it in someone else, please. Um, yeah, it's a it's a problem. <laughs> it's a problem. Um, it's a pretty big problem. Yeah, it's a problem. So this introduces what for me is a big plot hole. Um, Thanos then acts on attacking them and trying to get the glove with the stones. And his new mission now, seeing what they've done and reversing his work is to just eliminate everything, which, you know, Mad Titan, get it. <laughs> all right. Not well-reasoned, but it's a reason. <laughs> um, again, like, the, oh, you're all ungrateful yeah. for me, like, making well, sure you'd survive I'm by killing sad, half of I'm kind of sad, because the first movie did such a great job to adding a ton of depth to Thanos' character and making him feel like a real, tangible, heavy character that you can kind of, even if you don't agree with him, you can kind of empathize with and kind of see his point of view. Yeah. This movie does the exact opposite. Oh, yeah. This movie just waters him down to bare bones, generic villain guy who's doing villainous Th things for villainous reasons. Th this movie relies, relies completely on your having probably just watched Avengers Infinity War as far as like any sort of giving a shit yeah, about Thanos really, as a character. I didn't give a it's shit. Like, and I did watch Infinity War right like, before. Thanos... In and they Endgame. did that by cutting off his head and making him into a little monk in the woods. Yeah, that that, that scene alone, just like, all right, well, there goes that. <laughs> it's like he. Uh, I get the I get the narrative reason. I get the logic behind it, but in practice, it just takes it, away any levity to the character. And then making him a generic bad guy for bad guy reasons at it, the end. It's like, it's oh, like, okay, now I he's back. We're I back to the succeed. original Marvel problem where the villains suck. <laughs> <laughs> and in this case, Thanos kind of sucks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's not the plot hole I was talking about. The plot hole is where his ship comes through. And then miraculously during the battle scene, uh, thousands of ships come down whoa, with whoa, whoa, millions whoa, 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 of fucking whoa. monsters and troops from nowhere. <laughs> like, So this plot hole... 
after everybody comes through, they just conveniently leave the little gate open for entry for anybody who wants to come on back. And um, sure enough, the fucking Thanos ship boosts <laughs> out. Now, Nebula is the one with the receiver, so I don't understand how they come back because she needed to use the receiver to get back. But apparently she can do some shenanigans on the computer and totally just bring in through a, an entire fucking warship. Yeah, I think some at some point she actually ends up with a thing of PIM particles. And I think that's their excuse for uh, Thanos' a ship. The entire fucking ship. It, it's here. So yeah, it's that happens. Thing. It bursts through the ceiling and apparently no one notices that initially. Uh, because I they're think... so focused on snapping, I guess. <laughs> um, it's like, it takes a lot of focus, apparently. I'm going to, I swear to God, I'm going to. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you blow your load. Um, so the ship bursts through the ceiling, and you very clearly only see one ship. Yeah. One because Only one. That one ship fucking destroys the entire thing as it's flying through the roof. Right. Again, nobody notices this until they start bombarding the building. Um, but yeah. Uh, and um, for some reason, somehow an entire fucking fleet appears at the final battle scene. Where is that coming from? Because Thanos' forces don't exist anymore. <laughs> um, right. Uh, we uh, kind of killed Thanos and uh, decimated his all of his generals and his army. So, you know. Well, uh, the beginning of this movie does begin suspiciously with none of his forces around him. Like, we've already well, we eliminated them the all generals. Earth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So unless they're somehow saying that they somehow portaled in, yeah, there with was Thanos. There was a lot of Ryan Johnson in oh, this logic. Oh. Uh, during the battle scene, we get the oh, whole no. Last Jedi, you know, overly terrible female forced in character who oh. just goes through the entire ship for oh. no apparent reason. And if you could do that, why didn't you do that like 20 years ago when yeah. Thanos was, you know, conquering planets with Ronan the Accuser and all that? Why, yeah. Why didn't you do that then before he had, you know, access to an infinity gauntlet and was attacking your home planet? Just she ruins this movie so much. <laughs> <laughs> Brie Larson and Captain Marvel both just suck in this movie. The acting sucks. The lines suck. The writing for sucks. What they did with her this reasoning character. for being in this movie sucks. Yeah, yeah. It just all sucks. Yeah, it's it very like, disappointing. I thought they were going to pay this off a lot better. Did the, they did not. She she doesn't just like nearly ruin this movie. She still ruins Nick Fury as a character. She does. It's a problem. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a problem. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if we put our brains aside for a moment and just say, sure, why not? Then fine. So we go on with the movie. Hulk has worn the glove. He snapped his fingers and he has brought everybody back. Again, we address the problems. You know, you're going to have four billion people on the planet just suddenly appear when we've been living without them or having to feed or clothe or water or provide utilities for them for five years. I'm pretty sure that infrastructure is shot. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, they're fucked. <laughs> and a lot of people probably died on entry. Oh, yeah. How many were on airplanes when they died? Oh. You remember that end credit scene where we see the helicopter just before Nick Fury disappears and mm-hmm. the helicopter's spinning out of control? Yeah, that guy came back where he probably was, and he probably fell to his death. <laughs> There's a lot of questions that aren't answered about, like, the ramifications of the the, that's, the re-snapping. That's just Earth. Yeah. Think, oh, think about the fuckers in space. Oh, they're completely fucked. The untold, countless lives gone, <laughs> gone. Yep. Just from being brought back into existence permanently. <laughs> Ooh, it's not the stones this time. God, uh, what yep, happens if you're brought back in a place that's in like a part of space-time that's already being occupied by someone else. Yeah, and why does your cell phone still work? Are we on the same networks five years from now? Are we using the same phone numbers? Yeah. Nobody claimed your phone number in five years? No one. Nobody? Not even... Nobody had to change their phone number to your number at any point in time in five years. Your number was unlocked. N- no one nefariously so who, who, just took your phone number and tried to scam. Who paid your phone bill for five years so that you could make that phone call? Yeah. Mrs. Hawkeye. About that. I'm pretty sure Ronan the fucking mm. asshole was going around murdering people so he could pay your phone bill. For five years? More like murdering so he didn't have to pay it. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Again, just things you got to put your brain away for in this movie because, again, Infinity War was very coherent, very well put together, had some small potential plot holes like, you know, why didn't... Doctor Strange just make a little circle around Thanos' arm and take the arm. That seems like a very logical conclusion when you can clearly tear the arm off this other giant monster guy. But, you know, put your brain away for a little bit. Yep. This movie kind of makes you do it a little more than I wanted to at the end. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's to set up for the big epic moments to make you forget uh, more than anything. It's like, oh, it's eye candy time. So we get our uh, Spider-Man homecoming moment where the building comes down on everybody and they're trying to escape. We got Hawkeye getting to do something for once, you know, other than be Ronin for fan service reasons. And he's running around uh, through the bottom, uh, running away from these alien things that uh, we've seen since the first Avengers movie. Uh, chasing him, trying to grab the little uh, gauntlet for Thanos and blowing up arrows. We get uh, Ant-Man freeing everybody uh, from the rubble. Uh, Rocket Raccoon's pinned. Hulk's kind of unconscious. Uh, well, I, he's not really Hulk. He's just Mark Ruffalo. Um, Mr. Fix-It. Yeah, everybody's kind of down and out except for, you know, the big three um, kind of male characters of the Avengers between Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man, who are all facing off with generic evil guy Thanos as opposed to the Thanos with a ton of depth and character. We're just having our, you know. But this one looks cooler. Or just he kept his armor on this time. We're using generic evil Josh Brolin purple guy uh, mm. instead of wonderfully deep and intricate cerebral Thanos from the first movie. So uh, they have their big fight. Um, we still got Fat Thor, which is fucking annoying the fuck out of me. 
Um, although we do get uh, the nice little fan service moment with Captain America, where we do confirm Captain America is worthy as he wields the uh, the Mjolnir. Oh yeah, he... with the full Odin. Oh yeah, he is like he summons lightning and everything. This yeah. is like paying off that tiny little scene from Avengers: Age of Ultron. Yeah, and it is a cool sequence seeing him fight with both the shield and the hammer, where oh. he's bouncing the hammer and the shield off of each other. Oh, it was fucking brilliant. That, that was really fun to watch. I did yeah. enjoy that. You know, Iron Man just kind of gets his ass kicked for most of this, <laughs> which is surprising because he was the one beating the shit out of Thanos in the last movie. Right, like, he was literally dropping entire ships <laughs> on top of him and like going pretty toe-to-toe with him for the most part until that end. Um, we we had to give Cap something. Uh, well, Cap got pretty much everything in this scene. <laughs> um, and pretty much the entire end was just about Cap, even though it probably should have been about Iron Man, but you know. <laughs> um, and then Thor is doing his thing with Stormbreaker, just the generic, you know, Ragnarok, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da and stuff. But le- well, only without less, the Led Zeppelin. But far less effectively because you know he's fat and old and shitty, and it sucks, and I hate it. <laughs> Can we play Again. like a bluesy version of Immigrant Song to like go with his fatness? Yeah. Um, but then we get the nice kind of reunion scene at the end of the battle where all of these portals from all the sorcerers start opening up and everybody that's been revived has and and the people that aren't involved in the current battle have all come to the battlefield to help uh fight off uh thanos's forces and there is a kind of cool shot where captain america is kind of the last guy standing he's got mjolnir in one hand he's got his broken shield in the other and he kind of tightens down the straps with his bloodied arm and yeah. he faces off with the the entire army like fuck here we go um <laughs> it's like a lot of people are making a big deal about this scene because they're like oh we knew captain america was gonna die and this and that i was like i don't yeah i wasn't buying it <laughs> i'm like come on it was an epic scene just because of the imagery it looked like yeah. It, uh, it was a great image. It was yeah. a great portrait. And if they hadn't been ruining the entire movie with terrible jokes, I probably would have bought into it a lot more. Oh, yeah. It was um, like, Im- imagine if it was uh, in Lord of the Rings in that last battle. It was. It looked like it was just Aragorn going yeah. against like all of the armies of Mordor. It was like, but, that is what this looked which like. Which is an awesome scene, and it should have had more weight to it. Again, it just should like the, have. It's basically this entire movie. It should have had more weight to it. Yeah. Um, and if it had been a separate movie, who knows? Maybe it would have, you know. Maybe. But, but um, hmm. he faces off with all of Thanos' armies and all the allies and returned people come in to help. You know, we see Spider-Man return, which is great, and we have a great scene where Tony just flat out hugs the guy, <laughs> and for once, it's not a thing, you know, that yeah, you know, Tom Holland is mistaking for a real <laughs> interaction. He's he's literally genuinely thrilled that he's alive and that he yeah, didn't... God, that's paying off a fucking Spider-Man homecoming scene. Yeah, and it's, oh it's my excellent. god, I would, and again, I wish there was just more to it. Because yes. that should have been like the moment for me where I was like dying. It uh, it, it, could, but it they, should have had more did, weight. Yeah, they didn't let it breathe, and Tony and you know Robert Downey Jr. wasn't really selling it very well because he had ten seconds to do it. It's like hug and then all right, let's go. He's <laughs> right. Like, okay, I guess, I guess we're fine with that. Um, and so we have the whole scenes where everybody's running around with the gauntlet, trying to keep it away from Thanos. 
and um, eventually uh, we get to the point where Thanos has kind of overcome everybody in the immediate three and uh, between Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man, and he's now uh, grasping the gauntlet and trying to put it on. And Doctor Strange kind of alludes, hey, there's only one route. And he looks at Tony, and Tony kind of understands. And he goes for the, the gauntlets after seeing uh, Thanos actually remove one of the stones to punch Captain Marvel <laughs> with the power stone and then putting it back on. Just to layer You could have done out. that to any character. It didn't Literally. Have, you could have done it to Hulk. Hulk didn't do shit. Yeah. Hulk was just laying around this entire fucking time. His, his arm was still fucking burnt. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Angry Hulk would have still fought even with a fucked up arm. Just saying. That snap should have brought back Angry Hulk. We didn't get, it. We didn't get a single good fight scene from Hulk. In the last Avengers movie with all of the main group... <laughs> Hulk did not fight. <laughs> fucking stupid. <laughs> One person who should be fighting more than anybody. <laughs> you know, the guy who is fighting is like basically his character. I don't know. Just uh, come on, guys. It, so many good ideas, but you're just it, you're it, missing it, the it, point it, of everything. It, it's fine. It just is. I got to watch someone uh, lay Captain Marvel out. They get a point for that. <laughs> uh, so Tony goes up to him, pretending like he's going to attack him. Thanos buys in, and Tony, in the meantime, uses his little nanomachines for his suit to steal the stones and attach them to his current arm, which I don't get why you had to make a big special Iron Man arm. <laughs> To hold the Infinity Stones, if you could have just used your little nano machines to <laughs> attach them to your regular arm, <laughs> couldn't you have just done that originally and then gave it to whoever can hold it? Like, hey, Thor, hold this for a second. All right, <laughs> done. <laughs> Instead, we had to spend hours trying to build this special little glove. Right. And again, it makes the whole scene from Infinity War with the dwarf kind of nonsensical now because Tony just did it with regular metal and just an arm and then he did it with his nanotech uh, which was not specifically built for this the fucking dwarf had to build this special <laughs> dwarven bullshit metal <laughs> using this, this you know this dead star to power everything and how dare you shit on a Peter Dinklage scene <laughs> how dare Dare you? See, now that was a joke within a joke that was excellent. <laughs> you had a, a giant Norwegian kind of Norse mythology dwarf, yeah, played by a literal dwarf, <laughs> little person, uh -huh. however you want to frame it. Uh, that is excellent joke material. That was amazing, and it was all done without winking at the audience. It was just something like, you observed. It was like, holy shit, that's like, funny. Oh my god, that's clever. They did not just. Oh my god, they're doing it. That's how you do clever humor. Yeah, this like you subverted my expectations. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, they completely shit on that entire scene altogether cuz literally none of that mattered because they literally could have hooked it up to any piece of metal and it would work. Apparently. Because it fucking worked for Tony. Uh I did not like the I'm Iron Man thing. I just thought okay, why would you say that though? 
There's only Other one reason he would service. say that. Fan service. Not just fan service. This was uh, like basically an artistic way to complete Tony's arc. But it didn't make fucking sense. <laughs> it has to make sense to be impactful. <laughs> it did make sense. <laughs> Why would you say that before snapping your fingers to kill a bunch of people and, and die? When you say goodbye or I love you, Pepper, or keep going, Peter, <laughs> like, no, I'm Iron Man. <laughs> and it wasn't even said like forcefully. It was just like, I'm Iron Man. Well, he, he said it in retort to the, I am inevitable, since, you know, we have a Thanos now who already knows that what's what should be happening is his victory, and because he he won already, he's he's kind of. You know what? That's the dialogue equivalent to what? I love lamp. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that was to me. That was I love lamp. That's that's what that line was to me. I'm sorry. Are you are, are you trying to say something just to say something, Brick, or do you actually love lamp? I love lamp. <laughs> I love lamp. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it it's again I'm tearing this movie to shreds. I don't mean to, but I just I'm disappointed because it could have been so much more and it just wasn't and it actively makes the previous movie less impactful because it doesn't tie up any of the threads very well. In fact, it leaves a lot of threads left to drift in the wind. Yeah. Um, and kind of just rewrites it however they want even though it's the same fucking people making this movie. That and they filmed the movie back to back, so why wasn't it coherent from beginning to end between the two movies? Right, they, it was literally it's... the same people working on it. I I have to and imagine they filmed that it there's... at the same time using the same budgets and the same crews. I have to assume that there's a lot of shit that was just left on the cutting room floor because maybe, but it still doesn't explain away everything. I don't know. Not everything. I mean, there's definitely some things there where you can just tell. This scene was going to be in there one way or another, and it just, it doesn't work. I don't know where you place this scene in this movie and not have it completely undercut something that would either go before it or go after it. Yeah. So, uh, we get the Tony death scene, you know, Pepper Potts, fine. She's fine. She says, you know, it's okay to rest now. And I'm like, fuck you, bitch. Tell him to stay alive. What's wrong with you? <laughs> You're the worst wife ever. <laughs> he hasn't been suffering for like months in a bed. Like he just did it. He's, it's been like 10 seconds and you're already telling him it's okay to die. You haven't taken him to a doctor or anything. He's he's a little burned and singed on the outside. And you're like, it's okay to die, Tony. It's okay. Have some goop. I'm dying from infinity stone use. You know what's great for death? Bee stings. Gwyneth Paltrow, why? You suck. I'm sorry, Gwyneth. You suck. You're a good actress, but you suck. And your character sucks. And I hate it. (laughs) Um, And then Peter, again, I think this is another casualty of not letting him know what's going on in the scene. Because they kept kept everything a secret from him. (laughs) Because he can't keep his fucking mouth shut you can't and that's a problem but i would rather him potentially give away a minor spoiler than actually have the scene completely ruined and have no emotional 
intensity to it because Peter's not acting like his mentor is dying. Uh, okay, you know he, how you he's get... acting like, "Hey, I've seen you. Hey, I missed you. What's up? Bye. Oh, your dad? Oh, oh. <laughs> like what? <laughs> oh, you, you know how you get him to maybe shut the fuck up? Um, maybe don't put him on a press tour." Just, yeah, just let him do his that, own that, thing. That's Don't one put him thing. on a press tour. He or, doesn't. Press tours are completely fucking useless. Uh, <laughs> Have it, each of the characters do like one little interview in the states. Done. Ship yeah. it out. Or, or if he's going to do a press tour. Uh, maybe have some big burly uh, security people right next to him, just like staring him down, and like, <laughs> like anytime he's about to say something or the interviewer I mean, asks something, <laughs> like as soon as he's about to say something, Benedict sh- Cumbersnooch did a good job of keeping him silent. Just pair those two up; they like each other. <laughs> just keep them on tour together. It's fine. Yeah, he's a solution. Yeah, it's just don't just, ruin the entire scene and huge impactful moments in your movie because you don't want to divulge what's going on to the actors who are supposed to be portraying these huge emotional moments. Just uh, because they don't know how to shut the fuck up. <laughs> so yeah, the movie ends. You know, uh, Tony turns all the Thanos forces, including Thanos, into dust, which introduces another big plot hole. Uh, so who the fuck is in the past to uh, make the past actually happen now? Because we just fucking killed Thanos in the past and all of his army. So we have nobody to act upon the Guardians of the Galaxy plot. Uh, mm. We have nobody to act upon uh, Avengers uh, Infinity War mm. plot. Because that version of Thanos is now dead. And so is his entire army mm. and all the shenanigans that they cause that cause plots for other movies. Uh, so mm. now you can do your whole multiverse thing, but I thought the whole plot of going back and then putting the Infinity Stones back afterwards was to not change the past because we'll fuck up the past. And once we fuck up the past, it causes problems. And we literally brought the past to the future, killed them all. <laughs> And uh yeah. Ooh. I feel like that's a major plot hole. Add that to the list. For the entire canon. Add uh, that to the you list. Know, the other plot, plot holes, holes were more like aesthetic things that were, you know, we're doing a movie, big dumb thing, put my brain over here. That yeah. one is a major plot hole. Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe you can explain it away and say, you know, Tony imagined them back in the past not remembering what happened, but I'm pretty sure that doesn't make a lot of sense either. Uh especially if you couldn't bring those people back in time or anything like that that that's the whole reason you had to bring them back in the present you know what would be really terrible is if they use that as the reason why captain marvel never really interacted with thanos but it was in 2014 she's been captain marvel for like 20 years (laughs) so by that time it would be like a little more than 10 well more than 20 years it was like 1992 so 1992. Get close to 30 years. <laughs> uh, okay. Yep. It's 2014 when that one happened. 22 years. That's a lot of time to yep. run into Thanos and Ronan. Just saying. Yep. yep. That is a lot of time. That's still a lot of time. It's a problem. It's a problem. Um. So, yeah. Major plot holes. <laughs> Unfortunately, the problems don't much, go away. I'm I'm changing my score. It's a six, <laughs> <laughs> and it's only a six because it gives great moments like the Hail Hydra scene and you know the the face off battle, the dual wielding Captain America. Like that's 
that's it. That's that's all I got. I'm actually lowering my score. I I enjoyed the experience. I'm giving it. All right. I'm going to edit this in after we give our original scores. After discussing it in depth, I'm giving it a six. I'm giving it a five. Yep, we both lowered it. Because <laughs> the more we talk about it, the more we expose to each other. Oh, yeah. Um, this yeah, is like even more, like the more I think about it, the less it makes sense. Yeah, it's a problem. Um, so uh, we, we go into kind of the fallout of everything. The Guardians kind of leave and do their own thing, and Thor joins them. Fat, slobby Thor. Uh, so I guess we're going to get Thor in space now with uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy. More like minus, ass Guardians of the Galaxy. Minus Gamora, because she's still dead. Although, oh, no, uh, we did, we, did we actually return yeah, past Gamora? Oh, no, we didn't return past Gamora. Gamora's, okay. Gamora's another, in this current timeline. Another fucking plot hole. Oh, yeah. Again. Oh, yeah. If she's not in the past to die for the Soul Stone, what's the fucking point? <laughs> uh, but okay. So I guess we got uh, current Gamora who does not love Peter Quill. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting thing that... Uh, that Gun, we have to redo Gun all has over to again. Write around. <laughs> uh, now, he's also that... credited with writing this ga- this movie. James Gunn? Yeah, it's like he's one of three writers. Wow, I didn't realize. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> or, or actually, he's not credited as a writer. He's credited as a producer. That makes sense. Yeah. Because okay, he introduced a lot of these characters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's going to have a hard time writing around that. I'm Ooh. sure there'll be some fun shenanigans because of it, but it's going to be hard kind of watching that dynamic again after we already saw uh, it the oh first no, time. It'll be all different. We have Thor this time. Will she fall in love with Thor and make Peter jealous? I mean, Thor's a fatty now. Yeah, that's true. There's nothing <laughs> to like there. Um, he's a, he's a he's a fat drunk. Yeah, idiot. This is this is what Peter Quill could have been had he actually kept his god powers from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy too. Yeah. <laughs> It's a problem, uh, <laughs> and I also think it's really shitty that Thor is the one guy that doesn't stay for tony's funeral even though he's a core member of the avengers uh yeah <laughs> and he clearly saved tony's life in the past when he restarted his heart <laughs> uh yeah so you know he was wearing black though i think i remember him wearing black there was a there was a moment on a cliff where it looked like he was about to reenact a scene from the big lebowski <laughs> I, I was waiting for so, John Goodman to just open up uh, Donnie's ashes and yeah. just have them fly in his face. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. And uh, we we decided that Valkyrie is going to be the king of the Asgardians. Uh, they decided. I didn't decide that. <laughs> uh, for some reason. Uh, even though they're just now Norwegians. Uh, you know, on, they, They're just powered Norse the dudes. Now they're just... Now they're just regular Vikings, I guess. I guess. But we need a black Valkyrie to lead our Vikings. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, but, you know, fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine, not like I the Valkyrie I wanted. It's not like it matters. <laughs> the Valkyrie I wanted was... She died. She didn't even say a word. The Valkyrie I wanted died in a scene from Thor fucking Ragnarok. Yeah, apparently she didn't. Yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, if we're just undoing shit. I mean, 
bring the whole crew back. <laughs> <laughs> they were fun. Uh, but, uh, but that's more people to pay, and we're not doing that. But we'll pay this one. I guess. Okay. Let them let them fucking do Men in Black International. I don't, I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, none of this made sense. I don't. The everything relating to Thor didn't make any sense. Nor was it executed well, and I didn't like it. I know some people are like, "Ah, oh, fat funny Thor. I'll I love it." Blah blah. It's it's funny for like ten minutes, and then it's it's just awful. They're just trying to force him to be hashtag relatable. He's, that's no, it. We don't. That's not what we need from Thor. No, not he, at all. He's a he's a literal god from a <laughs> foreign plane of existence. Yeah, uh, he's from the realm of Asgard, which, according to Ragnarok, is apparently just a planet that's flat. Flat Earth shells. Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> according to Thor Ragnarok. Asgard is a people, oh, not yeah, a place. You're, you're right. I'm sorry. Asgard is a people, not a place. Oh, hey, I think I see Surtur. Even though they get everything. <laughs> and I think I see Hela. <laughs> All their power and their origin comes from this plane of existence that is a location. Shouldn't Thor now, just be a fucking dude? But it's now a place in space. What the, f- what the fuck does any of this mean? I don't know. If... if if Rag- not Ragnarok, if Asgard is a people and not his pla- and not a place, then since all of his fucking people are dead in Infinity War, shouldn't he just be a dude? Yeah, I also don't understand how half of them are left alive when they blew up the entire ship. Yeah, where the fuck were these guys? Did he put them on another ship <laughs> and off say, screen, he- and then still send them to Norway? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, there's this place on Earth. I think you're gonna like it. It's uh, it's got lots of hills and mountains. I kept you alive. I, I-, I-, I watched so you could go to Norway and live a <laughs> mundane fisherman's existence. Uh, it's gonna be really close to where both my my brother and I watched Odin die. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Thor, in no way, shape, or form, was there to guide them to Norway because he was with the Guardians of the Galaxy building Stormbreaker while all their dead bodies were floating through space in the ship wreckage. Unless he somehow... That's a huge plot hole. Unless he somehow bullshits his way into remembering, oh, you remember the first Thor movie where we admit to kind of being aliens that let these people worship us as gods. Uh, we did that in this one particular spot on Earth. Go back there. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, so, yeah, this is another emotional issue. Uh, we have Tony Stark's funeral scene. And, again, there's no emotional weight to it because the actors and actresses in the scene who were all on site filming the scene together were told that they were at a wedding. They were they were told they were at a wedding ceremony, and that's <laughs> they they were that's, they were taking a page out of Captain Marvel's acting book with like all the faces that they had. And speaking of Captain Marvel, even in a scene where nobody was reacting at all, <laughs> she still stood out as being a terrible actress. <laughs> Because she was about as blank as a human can possibly be. Just nothing. Even when the person that... The deadest eyes ever. Even when the person that she'd been trying to see or bring back 
Nick fucking Fury shows up. Right behind her. Right fucking behind her. Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. And uh, why is she at the funeral? In the first, if Thor is not at the funeral, why the fuck is she at the funeral? If Nebula, who was building a relationship with him on that isolated spaceship together for what, like a month or two, whatever the timeline was, I don't remember the dates, uh, but it was a significant amount of time where she clearly had feelings for him in some way, shape, or form. She was not there, but Captain Marvel was fucking there. Fuck off. Yeah. That was a paycheck you did not have to write at all. At all. You didn't have to make the first movie. You didn't have to put her in this movie. She did nothing. She contributed nothing. She sure didn't. Uh, but yeah, it just sucks because that, that moment should have had a ton of emotional punch. People should have been bawling their fucking eyes out. And nobody was reacting in the theater at all when I was there. Because, again, no, no, none of the characters were reacting. They all just had flat, unreactive faces because they were told they were at a wedding scene because we got to keep the secret. Fuck off. If you're going to put all these characters in the scene and not just isolate them, you know. Also, who, who, get, uh, who believes that they're in a fucking wedding scene when everyone's wearing black? Did Pym ever meet Tony? No. Why was he there? Why was his wife there? (laughs) (laughs) If anything, Pym only knows Tony's dad. We even had the fucking kid from Iron Man 3, which I'm pretty sure we've retconned most of that. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was a figment of his fucking imagination at this point. I didn't know who he was until I heard Kevin Smith's review. With Mark Bernard on Fat Man on Batman or whatever. Uh, Fat Man Beyond Beyond. now, which is the name. Yeah, they did. But uh, yeah, but uh, I was like, what? What the fuck? Why? I mean, I guess it makes sense, but I thought we were totally ignoring that movie altogether. (laughs) (laughs) It's like we're trying to make the deepest of cuts. Because if that movie is valid, that brings in more plot holes to this whole universe uh, sequence and the canon. Yeah, yeah, it it sure does. Yeah, it's a problem. (laughs) But it sucks because it's just another wasted opportunity. You're not going to get this opportunity again. You might bring him back and kill him again, but it's never going to have the weight of the first time, and you fucked up. That's what sucks. Um, And then we get to the final scenes in the movie where Captain America is saying, you know, goodbye to Sam and goodbye to... uh, Winter Soldier saying, hey, I'm going to take these stones back. And it's kind of alluded to that Bucky kind of knows what he's planning because he has like a real intimate goodbye with Bucky. Yeah. Um, which is kind of a cool scene. Like, I, I like how that was handled. And I really like what they did with his story. It's, yeah. I thought that was probably, you know, up there, top three most brilliant parts of the movie is the way they handled Captain America. Because, again, everybody knew that Chris Evans hadn't signed on for another contract and they, you know, he had made it very clear that he wanted to do other projects, uh, which I understand. You've been doing this for over a decade. Yeah, yeah that's I, a significant I, amount of time for anyone. But that being said, he's been making plenty of movies on the side, so I don't see what the holdup is. Like know? Snowpiercer. And they're still paying you plenty, so what's, you know, uh, unless you don't enjoy doing it, you know, I don't okay. see why you would stop. But, um, yeah, just, just keep renewing. 
but like Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> who wants to keep doing these movies pretty much until he's dead. I'm okay with that. <laughs> as long as he's not in Captain Marvel. <laughs> um, yeah. Can we please not? Because they ruined his character. Yeah, they did. Um, it hurts. But uh, I thought it was a really cool way to handle things. And, you know, he goes back. He should be back after five seconds, and he's not. And Hulk, uh, <laughs> Mark Ruffalo, alludes to how he missed his jump or whatever and they're wondering where he is and then i think it was bucky is the one who kind of nods over to the bench and sam turns around and there you see an old man sitting on the bench and again that kind of alludes to that bucky knew what the plan was and what was going on he knew this whole time yeah what uh he was going to do which is why he had that intense goodbye and so sam walks over and realizes hey that's it's rogers it's old man rogers and he talks about how he lived his life he's wearing a wedding ring and uh he has the shield and he hands the shield over to sam and says you know hey it's yours now and he goes well, i can't wear someone else's shield and he goes you're not and, you know and then i really love the line where uh sam asks you know hey you want to do you want to tell me about her and he goes no <laughs> I, I thought that was actually really cool because it's like this is the one thing i'm gonna keep for me this is my experience this is my thing right i thought that was brilliant um and like of the entire movie this is the only scene for me that had any emotional impact where i was like on the verge of bawling my eyes out. i'm getting i'm getting teary-eyed right now talking about it it's a very this was the scene that it, I think it's because of this scene that I consider taking my score back up to a six. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm sorry. Um, I'm staying but, at six. But, but. I, I won't. I will keep it at a five because while I absolutely love how they close this movie yeah. with Captain America finally coming home from the war mm -hmm. that he had been waging ever since he'd been unfrozen, I love that scene. Yeah. I, I I love it to death. I thought it was brilliant. I But Uh oh. This raises another series of questions. Yeah, I think we're going full multiverse now. I think we just threw shit to the wind. Uh, like, okay, yeah, if we're fuck canon. <laughs> yeah, if if we're throwing shit to the wind, then I guess it's okay that uh, apparently not only did we have a uh, inactive Captain America throughout the the 40s up until like yep. the current day S sitting on his hands just sitting on his hands watching yep. all of this shit go down yep um just letting Peggy Carter suck his dick <laughs> <laughs> uh which mind you is uh, for, uh, Vietnam's for, rolling on. Yeah, for for Korean Peggy War. Carter. Yeah, I would overlook a War lot of the world's b bullshit. Cold War. Yep, all of it, all of it. Yeah, he I, just. Ah, I'm good. I did what I had to. I'm done. <laughs> I saved the world. Let me just have th this time with my lady, who is still working for what turns into Shield. Is she that is. Does that what? mean? Does that mean Nick Fury knew? <laughs> I mean, Shield knew. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> There's a lot of logical questions, but 
I think the scene was so impactful, I didn't care. And I still don't care quite as much as I probably should on that scene because the rest of the movie is already ruined by plot holes. <laughs> that this is the one scene where I'm like, it's... I'm going to give myself this one. I'm going to let this one go so I can have some joy that I desperately need at the end of this movie. Because again, the ending was so disappointing for me. Just because of the plot holes because of the fat thor because of the emotionless scenes because nobody knew what they were acting with or what they were acting out and right it, it was just as very disappointing and then that was the one scene where i thought it was acted very well and i did really enjoy you know the dynamic of seeing that closing shot where uh it, it was rogers it, is dancing with it's uh, a it's a beautiful shot yeah doesn't make sense. I, I get. I, I've I, gone full cynic. <laughs> Marvel has made me go full cynic. Oh, it no. seems as though the more I think about it, the more I've let a lot of things slide. <laughs> oh my god! You're realizing that you are the Star Wars fan that liked Last Jedi. <laughs> And as people slowly tell you things about the film, you realize, oh my God, I hate this movie. <laughs> I Look, did that to I, Dan. Like, Dan loved that movie right out of the theater. I'm like, dude, I think that was a bad movie. It was like, I'm like, I don't, I'm not sure yet. I got to sit on it, but I think that was a bad movie. And he's like, no, no, that was, that was great. We got old Yoda and stuff. And then I started naming all the plot holes and he's like, you're right. I hate this movie. <laughs> and then like a week later, he's like, I hate it even more. <laughs> I was like, yeah, and Dan, for context, is a big, huge Star Wars fan. I'm not, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, It was kind of funny watching that evolution where the excitement, once the excitement of the event wore off, he's like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I, I, yeah, I hated that movie day one. And the the, the more I think about this movie. I love how you told me your review. It's another one. And I was (laughs) like, oh, okay, so an average Star Wars movie? No. (laughs) Awful. You kept that secret very well. I did. And I, I appreciate that. I, I had to. I had to let you experience how bad it was for yourself. I couldn't tell you shit because I I had to see your face oh, so when bad. it happened. So bad. And with this movie, I am starting to see just how they fan service. This is all fan service. All like all of it unapologetically top to goddamn bottom and don't get me wrong fan service when done right is fine but this is fan service for fan service's sake as opposed to making sure we tell a good story and this this was not again there's there's pieces here very significant pieces that are brilliant and on paper should be perfect and work well, but because they were so focused on keeping secrets from the actors, uh, because they didn't, you know, make any effort to make a coherent narrative or theme through both Infinity War and Endgame, yeah, it just falls apart. Whereas, you know, Infinity War feels like a really like brilliant movie on the you know on the intellectual level of kind of you know. Uh, you know, I'm, this is a little zealous, but I'd say like a Dark Knight, you know, where you have the gravitas there. You have the depth of the villain's character. You have the depth of all the hero's characters. Everybody's getting significant screen time to kind of show off. And it's like Marvel finally having like a, not just a good villain, but an effective villain. Yeah. And, you know, 
it was a it was a shorter movie and it was still that effective and coherent and brilliant and had very strong impactful moments and even though we all knew what to expect at the end you know with the snap and everything it still had a ton of emotional impact because of how they filmed it how they handled it right uh, the people that were involved it was it was brilliant and the acting again, you know, Peter Parker probably knew, you know, Tom Holland probably knew he was dying in that scene, so he acted it perfectly. Yeah. This movie is the exact opposite where it's just too many shoehorn jokes. None of the things that we should be taking seriously are being taken seriously, and you there know, are scenes where the actors are being told that something positive complete, <laughs> something contrary to what should be happening in the scene is happening in that scene, and yes. we get them acting according to what they've been told. Which to the viewer is like, what is going on? Why are why are these people here? Why are they behaving this way? And like, why, why is, is no this one... performance so flat for something that should be the most emotional moment in this cinematic did, universe's history? Does no one cry at a funeral anymore? Is that what the fuck this is? So weird. So weird. Not 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 a single watery eye because they thought they were at a wedding. Just makes no sense. Just doesn't make sense, and it it sucks. It sucks. It the opportunity was there, and this was the opportunity of fucking lifetime. And they whiffed. That's what sucks. They had the opportunity, and they whiffed. So for me. You know, I we knocked we knocked it down a score. Yeah, <laughs> just talking it through was bringing out even more glaring issues with the movie. And now I don't want to beat this movie up so badly, but I just have to. Um, uh, yeah, because I enjoyed the experience. I enjoyed the ride. It wasn't. I didn't feel like the movie was getting slow. In fact, I think it was rushed in a lot of parts. Um, even though it's three hours long, and I just I felt like there they needed more room to breathe take out the jokes you know not all of them you know that's you're supposed to be the lighthearted brand right keep some jokes in there but don't make a joke in every single scene and make the same joke last the entire movie to the point where it's just bludgeoning you over the head while you're trying to get invested in these characters in these big significant you know mind-bending moments and it's it's kind of a bummer and i you know, we were joking a little bit about making like the middle of the movie an Ant Man movie and then making the end with some other content, you know, the big finale. I think that would have been a good option, honestly. Yeah. Because the tone is so inconsistent. It is. Um, it does feel like you're watching three different movies in the beginning. The beginning feels like it should have been the end of Infinity War. The middle feels like it should have been a completely separate movie. And then the end feels like it's the ending to the third movie. Um, yeah, and this Infinity yeah. War sequence, so it's it's kind of a bummer. And I, I, it as great a moment it is in like you know fandom, it's just a a huge disappointment because you know you're not going to get something like this again without an investment of another decade and a half of movies, <laughs> you know, starting from scratch. And we're probably not going to get that for quite some time. And, you know, who knows how old we'll all be. Right. We should be grateful. Again, I don't want to sound ungrateful that this happened at all. You know, it it was just an idea that was given a little seed to sprout and it blew up into something we couldn't have imagined before Disney even owned the company. Right. Um, Now, while we should be grateful, 
there is kind of uh, at this point what I would argue is a level of ownership that uh, we as viewers have because it is our money that we give to them to continue to make these movies. Like, and as such, we have the room to criticize given how much money we, like each individual person who has been watching these movies since like 2008, it's like we've all made a significant investment into watching these movies and to keeping these going. Yeah. And yeah, this is the kind of thing where we got to sound off on this. They listen. It's like if I have learned anything from watching the internet over like the past couple of weeks is that uh, movie executives and uh, like they listen, they listen to the fans because we're the customers. Yeah, I looking at the the docket for the next few years, they just released you know most of their movie dates with most of them unannounced for the latter halves. But twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one are pretty much filled up. We know we're getting a Doctor Strange two. We know we're getting Spider Man here in a few months or a few days. Uh, no, it's the end of this a, month, right? Uh, <laughs> far from home is, or is what? it the summer? Uh, it, I'm pretty sure that one's in July. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's the summer. Because uh, <clears throat> gotta give room to fucking Dark Phoenix. Um, God, fuck that movie. <laughs> <laughs> they delayed uh, New Mutants again. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that movie's not happening. Uh, Even though it's already filmed and been re-edited like six times, I don't think it's coming. They're just gonna shelve it. Uh, they should. Like, why? You're, why are you even wasting our time at this point? Right. Um, it's gotten so much bad press. No one's gonna see it. Um, but uh, yeah, we. Honestly, I think the smartest choice to do, even though they have all these kind of lesser movies on the docket, is to do like maybe one more year of these filler characters, and then just do a proper reboot. Because you got the X-Men now. You don't have any plans for X-Men on the table because you literally just got them. They even talked to some of the, you know, <clears throat> the high execs uh, for the Marvel, you know, studios branch. And they were saying, yeah, as, as much as we wanted to plan something for the X-Men, for the Fantastic Four, we didn't know what the end result of this deal was. We didn't know if, you know, investors were going to drop out at the last minute right. and all this and that. And so we couldn't make concrete plans about anything. We could play with ideas, but they, these movies take years to put in motion and you have to have a coherent plan or else it's not going to work. Uh, and obviously we got the movies from that Fox already created and, uh, you know, in progress that we have to finish before we can even entertain the thought of introducing these characters, uh, whether it's Fantastic oh. Four, Doctor Doom, you know, uh, Galactus, Sil- Silver Surfer, X-Men. Uh, so they d- have already directly addressed it and said it's probably it's probably going to be a long time. And they, they were talking, you know estimating four or five years you know before they even get a start at something like this and i was like well if it's gonna take that long anyway you know that that's the last thing that we're waiting on is x-men universe stuff and fantastic four stuff and you already kind of fucked up scrolls so oh you can't do the scroll stuff oh Uh, so what you know what are you gonna do with the remaining cast which are basically all the sidekicks and captain marvel 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's not. There's not really not much you can do right now, and I'm. You know, I'm sorry, but I don't think Shang Chi is going to <laughs> sell millions of tickets i'm I'm sorry only if they marketed right good fucking luck dude (laughs) Uh, i'm pretty sure shazam has more pull than shang chi and shazam is a pretty low-key character yeah and that was a great movie (laughs) so good luck with that Um, hot take (laughs) yeah so they they got some tough movies that they got to sell here. And like Guardians 3, for example, hasn't even begun production because they had the falling out with James Gunn. And then they just recently had the <laughs> you know, reunion of James Gunn. And he's still f- doing the Suicide Squad 2 project before he does Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. <laughs> so really, after Spider-Man, you know, we don't even have a release date for Doctor Strange. They haven't announced which movie is going to be the Doctor Strange one. Right. We got some significant time before we have anything of real substance from the Marvel Universe, which is probably a good thing because it can breathe a little bit, but you should be planning your reboot right now. That's what I think. Just let it let it end the way you did. It's a great ending for the most part. You know, maybe sold and portrayed a, a poor way, but it's a good ending on paper what it is so yeah i think do a new universe i say just make start finish out these movies and start making plans for the new reboot and new universe with the new avengers and the new you know x-men and everything integrated because now you don't have to write around studio problems (laughs) yeah so i that's that's my thought on it um Again, I I had to lower my score to a six. Do you still want to stick with your five? Yep. Yeah. Still sticking with that. Uh, unfortunately, the more you think about the movie, as much as I don't want to, and I want to just sit <laughs> back and enjoy it, I just couldn't. It, and I was I was talking my girlfriend's ear off, saying, you know, <laughs> I'm trying not to be that that nerdy comic fan that just can't let things go, but I I can't let this, things go. That, they dri- that, they're that, driving me crazy. That, that's that. That is who we are. Yeah, and I did enjoy the seventies uh, Stanley. That was that was very entertaining. That that was a nice touch. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's still that's, a five. That's where I think I'll leave it. Um, I don't think we missed any real big things plot wise. I mean, there's no. there's several like funny things in there, but again, minor stuff, fan service stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's everything. So. I want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to our review. Please let us know what you think. Talk to us in the comments. Shoot us uh, a tweet on Twitter at HTVVids. Talk to us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash hit the books. Talk to us on our YouTube channel via direct message. You can email us at hitthebooksvids at gmail.com. We appreciate you sticking with us, listening. We got a Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash hit the books, where you can contribute. Your contributions uh, help both this show and our wrestling podcast, Hit the Mats podcast, that I do with my brother, Dan, the man Maloney, uh, every week. Um, now that uh, we got the big movie reviews out, yeah, we'll see if I see Hellboy, but uh, <laughs> we should get the regular podcast finally going uh, every week. Yeah. No, but th- it's too much to edit a podcast and the reviews and then the wrestling podcast and the WrestleMania review. That's a all in the whole same week. lot. It's just too yeah. much, so I had to cut some corners. So uh, the regular shows should be progressing now that the big pay-per-views are done for the wrestling shows and the, the big releases are out for a while. Uh, until Dark Phoenix, you know, fuck it. I don't want to see it. But, you know, yeah, well, see we it have to anymore. review it. Yeah, fuck that movie. <laughs> uh, and then Spider Man, which I do want to see. Yeah. Um, so, 
Uh, thank you for sticking with us. We appreciate your love and support. And if you have constructive criticism for us, please send it our way so we can improve the show. Uh, we are slowly but surely making some changes. And, of course, shout out to our uh, latest uh, Patreon contributor who uh, gave out an amount past the dollar limit for shout out on the show as a producer. Heather Reap, you are awesome. Hey. Uh, I love you. She's my sister. So, you know. But it does help, and I'm very thankful. Thank you very much, Heather. I love you. Um, And uh, yeah, I think that's everything. Anything you want to shout out, talk about? Go see Shazam. It's still in theaters. Yes, please go go see Shazam. May not be as big as Endgame, but it's a better movie. Yeah, I, I I just have one thing, one last thing to say, and that is. Mysterio had better be a fucking villain. If he's not, I swear to God, I'm done. <laughs> oh, you didn't like the scrolls becoming good guys? What if Mysterio's a good guy? I swear to God. He's a good guy. <laughs> that Gyllenhaal, look, look at him. Look, he's a ca- pretty ca- guy. Ca- like Captain Marvel already fucked me up. <laughs> That's a good place to end it. That is a good... <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of trail off into an argument. <laughs> 